0: more at sacredheartradio.com
1: continue on this Tuesday I'm sorry it's a Thursday I didn't mean to scare anybody Thursday the 7th of September let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Lord make us know your ways we pray for those who've been disappointed by their loved ones fill them with hope in you we pray for those who seek the truth guide them to the fullness of faith in you we pray for the aging keep them always in your love O God, our Father, you sent your only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be our way, our truth, and our life. At this morning hour, we lift our hearts to you in prayer and ask that you guide us through this day according to your will. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Thursday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swayman. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lachman at the controls. We'll talk to Dr. Jim Schrader about uh, appreciating and supporting teachers. Uh, Some of you have uh, met the new teachers for your students this year. Some of them are... Our teachers, you already know, because they've already gone through a couple of your kids. But uh, some some great thoughts from Dr. Schrader this morning on supporting those teachers who should be our allies in the classroom. We are kind of the primary educators, but it helps to have help. Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English in the Liturgy will join us for more liturgical translation fun. These are always fun segments to me. Uh, Mike Aquilina will discuss Gregory the Great, whose feast is right here at the beginning of the month of September, had it over the weekend. And then we'll talk about ways to pick a good pastoral counselor, therapist, a mental health professional to help you with what you're dealing with. And Kevin will lay out some criteria based on his own experience in that field. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins has more.
3: Insisting that there is a need for more prayer for conversion and an end to the conflict in Ukraine, Pope Francis expressed his desire that during the month of October, especially in Marian shrines, the rosary will be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in Ukraine. The appeal came during a meeting with the bishops of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church who are holding their annual synod in Rome. At the beginning of the nearly two-hour encounter, the Pope was greeted by Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Shevchuk, who recalled the painful situation in which his country finds itself with an increasing number of dead, wounded, and tortured people, and who thanked the Pope for the affection shown in so many ways and on so many occasions. A statement from the Holy See Press Office noted that following the greetings from Major Archbishop Shevchuk, several of the assembled bishops shared with the Pope their stories of the suffering that the Ukrainian people are experiencing in different places and in different ways. The Holy Father listened attentively to their testimony and, with some brief interventions, expressed his feelings of closeness and participation in the tragedy that the Ukrainians are experiencing with a dimension of martyrdom that is not spoken about enough subjected to cruelty and criminality. He also spoke about his sorrow for the sense of helplessness experienced in the face of war, which he ascribed to the devil who desires to destroy. Pope Francis turned his thoughts especially to the Ukrainian children he has met. They look at you and have forgotten their smile, he said, adding that this is one of the fruits of war, to take the smiles away from children. Finally, Pope Francis recalled the example of Jesus during the Passion, who did not remain a victim of insults, torture, and crucifixion, but bore witness to the courage to speak the truth, to be close to the people so that they would not be discouraged. This is not easy, the Pope said, but this is holiness, and people want to be saints and teachers of this way that Jesus taught us. I'm Devin Watkins.
2: The U.S., meanwhile, is providing more than $1 billion of new assistance to Ukraine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made the announcement during his trip to the Ukrainian capital of Kiev yesterday. The commitment includes more military resources for Ukraine's counteroffensive as well as financial and humanitarian aid. The announcement came hours after 17 people were killed in a Russian strike on an eastern Ukrainian city. Pope Francis has said, I've been to the heart of Asia and it's done me good. He was speaking during his general audience yesterday, reflecting on his trip to Mongolia. The Holy Father said, it was good for me to meet the Mongolian people who cherish their roots and traditions, respect their elders, and live in harmony with the environment. They are a people who peer into the sky and feel the breath of creation. President Biden is heading overseas today. He's due to fly out of Joint Base Andrews this afternoon en route to India, where he will be attending the G20 summit. Following the summit, the president is scheduled to visit Vietnam on Sunday. New projections are showing that Hurricane Lee could make it all the way to the East Coast. Mark Mayfield has more.
4: The hurricane formed over the Atlantic Ocean on Tuesday and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 storm by Saturday with wind speeds of up to 150 miles per hour. A European forecast model predicts the storm will stay out at sea and not make direct landfall with the U.S. However, the American model shows Lee hitting the edge of Cape Cod and heading up into Canadian waters. Hurricane Lee could strengthen into a Category 5 storm as temperatures in the Atlantic are warmer than usual. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: An effort is underway to get an American who's been trapped inside a cave in southern Turkey for several days. Rescuers received a call Saturday saying Mark Dickey was suffering gastrointestinal bleeding and needed help. He's said to be inside the cave at a campsite around 3,400 feet from the entrance. While Dickey's condition is stabilizing, he'll need a stretcher to be removed. Officials are calling the effort one of the largest cave rescues in the world. Dickey had been helping to lead an international expedition in the cave. And using the Internet is now being linked to cognitive benefits to older people, according to some new research. A study out last month in the Journal of American Geriatrics Society found that people between 50 and 65 who use the Internet regularly... See their chances of developing dementia drop by nearly nine percent. People using the internet for more than two hours a day, though, saw their risk for dementia increase. So there you go, Matt. We got a sweet spot.
1: What? Okay.
2: Two hours or less. That's fine. Between I wish fifty I could be and on, sixty-five.
1: I wish I could look at screens for two hours or less every I day. All right. <laughs> That'd be Do you have
2: one of those? My phone on Sundays sends me like a little, a little report, uh, a little report about my my screen usage.
1: My phone's not the issue,
2: and it's always such a like. It's really exciting when it's like you used your phone two hours less than last week.
1: No, it's the uh, it's the computer screen that I stare at for at least four hours every morning just for radio purposes.
2: <laughs> and
1: Then I go on to the other job. Yeah. I like to run around the block a little bit. Yeah, yeah, lunchtime.
2: I go like walk outside.
1: See, I thought that you were just making that stat up because I don't know about you. I get all these weird ads for like word games and stuff where mm-hmm. it's like
5: this doctors so are healthy. begging
1: people over 70 to play this one simple word game.
2: <laughs>
1: I well- don't think. I've never had my think... doctor beg me to play a word game on the internet.
2: Well, yeah, I think on the internet would be the key phrase there. I do think word games help you, like you know, you do crossword puzzles or word searches or
1: well, I do agree that there is, or the, or there there do is some, like some balance Sudoku? to be struck because you know the internet is making some people smarter, but the internet is definitely making some people dumber.
2: Well, yeah, especially those who are younger than fifty.
1: Yeah. And who are on for more than two hours. Yeah.
2: You are not kidding. You are not kidding. Get outside and play today, kids. Touch grass. Exactly. Today is Thursday, September the 7th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's nine past back with us now on the sunrise morning show is dr james schrader he writes for the national catholic register and alatea you can find all of his writings and his podcasts online at james schrader.com good morning dr schrader yeah good morning it's good to have you back now you wrote uh, a while back for alatea this lovely little piece expressing gratitude for a bunch of teachers who helped make you who you are today. Can you give us a little overview?
6: Yeah, I was kind of in, nearing the end of my marathon training and it was a rainy kind of 41 degree morning and I had plenty of miles that day. I think I had 15 miles and so um, part of my route that I had planned on taking was taking me over to the west side of Evansville and through Sacred Heart Church parking lot next to the church and then the school I uh, used to use more and so that was that was the plan today that day, and I didn't necessarily have the uh, idea that this reflection would come to mind, but that's where I started it off.
2: Can I just ask, how old are you? You remembered all of these names.
6: <laughs> I'm 46. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I it was so it was such a neat experience. I had uh, like I said planned on going through and looping through the church there and. As I was going through, I walked for about 100 yards, kind of out of the parking lot. And um, instantly, I almost really envisioned myself as a little boy. I I was a scary little kindergartner who walked in that first day, and I really remember this. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like, I'm not going to know where to go. I'm not going to have friends, you know, and I just remember from the very beginning, Um, just, you know, like Mrs. Hillenbrand was the teacher that year in kindergarten. Mrs. Blind was the aide, And, um, they were such just wonderfully happy, joyous people. And I remember feeling within a few days, like, okay, I think, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. I I was the, I'm the oldest kid in the family. So I was kind of the guinea pig there. So, um, but I felt that very much. So
2: still remember your kindergarten teacher's name and, and you've got a whole litany of names of your teachers in this piece. I mean, as as teachers are getting ready and, and geared up and and many of them already entering into this new school year, Dr. Schrader, I mean, what would you tell them about the potential impact that they can have on their students for good or for ill, for that matter?
6: Yeah, I would tell them they have way more impact, I think, than they give themselves credit for. Um, you know, again, all the way back to those early, early years, Little things that were introduced, you know, Mrs. Stahl, for example, she um, introduced, this is before the Internet, of course, but Mm -hmm. she introduced the idea of pen pals, and we had uh, pen pals from Hawaii. And for a kid who'd never been outside of, you know, much of the region for the most part, and, you know, we'd take travels down south a little bit, but Hawaii was this, like, foreign, exotic place. And the idea of getting these letters from people and seeing the different things going on there, like, really opened up my eyes it really was such a cool experience Um, Again, all these years later I remember it very vividly and um, I think that, you know, coming from a family of teachers, my mom's been a teacher lifelong and uh, my wife's a teacher in and out of our home and stuff, I think that I just have such tremendous respect for all of you um, because if you've ever stepped in a classroom at any given point, you know, it's not just the aspect of teaching that can be challenging, but it's the aspect of management of the classroom, how challenging that can be. You know, whenever you're in the midst of the teacher of all that toil, you sometimes sometimes probably wonder, gosh, is this does this matter? But you know, walking through that, you know, thirty to forty years later I just vividly thought, Oh, I was in those places and I was really um swept into such a positive existence there. So
2: yeah, I mean, especially in those early years, you know, I still remember Mrs. Wolf, my first-grade teacher, Mrs. Bowling, my second-grade teacher, <laughs> Mrs. Biting, my third-grade teacher. Do you I mean, remember you... your teachers, too? Oh, there yeah, you. absolutely, yeah. because they, I mean, you spend so much time with them. I mean, they, they become nurturers almost, almost like parents.
6: They do. I mean, that's really the thing, like what I was describing being really scared walking in that first day. I mean, they are. They're, they're another aspect of parent, um, another parent that you never thought you were going to have until you walked into their classroom. And so um, that's the amazing thing about the profession. I think it's not really a profession, of course, it's a calling for most people, is that you take these kids in and you see them grow up in front of you. I mean, I can only imagine the experience. It's, it's funny, I still keep in contact with some of the teachers, even the ones that are mentioned here. this article it's really amazing to see how much they care for you not just when you're in the classroom but even decades beyond that they're still kind of tracking to see what's going on and um, in different ways and so the heart of a great teacher is indefinable. You know, it's, it's really, but it's indefatigable too. I think that those who really love that profession embrace it, never tire, even if they get frustrated and challenged by what goes on.
2: It's really incredible. Uh, so, can you talk to parents for a minute? I mean, what sort of support do our kids' teachers need in order to best? form our children to be what God wants them to be. I mean, we are entrusting them with a lot. So how do we support them? Yeah,
6: I think it's a great question. So I think the biggest way we support them is to make sure that if we ever have difficulties with what's going on or concerns in the classroom that we do what we should do, which is to take it to them and and approach them about something. But I think one of the things we have to be really careful these days and I see this a lot uh, in my profession is that we can't disparage and degrade our teachers for things they're doing that we might not like in front of our kids without, obviously we have to vet this first with the the person themselves. And I really worry that uh, many ways the teachers that, are teaching today feel like they're constantly, I don't know, having to go battle um, against the parents who've already been talking to the kids about all the things that are wrong. And so Mm -hmm. the kids walk in the classroom and they have this opinion. And I can't only imagine how hard that makes it for a teacher to do their job. And so um, I think we need to make sure that we understand it's a tough job. And if you have something that you don't like, then come to me as a teacher, but please don't disparage in front of your kids because that's just not a healthy thing.
2: Absolutely. It's a rule that I have in kids with my husband. I don't disparage my husband in front of them. I don't disparage their teachers in front of them, especially figures of authority to make sure that children maintain that respect for their authority. Such a great point, Dr. Schrader. We've got james-schrader.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. You can go read his piece about the teachers who helped make him who he is today. And we are grateful that you argue, Dr. Schrader. Thank you so much.
6: Grateful for all of you, too. Have a great day.
2: Thanks so much, Dr. Schrader. All right, it's 16 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with headlines right after this.
1: Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available.
0: Support is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at route60.movie. That's route60.movie.
1: It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee.
2: And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase.
1: While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store.
2: Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com.
1: Why do we need Catholic radio? Because not everybody's sitting in front of a computer or watching their television set at home. How about when driving to work? Catholic radio is there for you. I may be a Catholic priest, but I'm still a student of the faith. And Catholic radio helps supply good material, whether it be a question and answer format show, whether it be a show itself on doctrine or theology, I myself, as a priest, am
0: always learning. Father Wade thinks Catholic radio is important. So should you.
1: 18 minutes past the hour, here's Anna with
2: headlines. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying the rosary for Ukraine. President Biden is heading overseas today for the G20 summit in India. And the Holy Father yesterday during his general audience had prayers for those who perished in a devastating fire in South Africa.
1: News at the top and bottom of each hour every week, every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Shows. We continue through this month of September. Um, it is kind of a, a weird week. Hopefully everybody's kind of figuring out where their bearings are.
2: Matt, can I make a comment about something you, that at the end of comment. my uh, conversation with Dr. Schrader? Absolutely. I kind of had in my head, there was this video, I don't know if you saw it, it I think it went viral, of, um, it was like this school kid who had a backpack with one of those don't tread on me patches that oh, apparently yes. he had been told to remove and, you know, a parent got involved and there was this argument anyway. Was that, that a
1: real thing or a political cartoon? I don't,
2: well, that's a good question. So the video. I saw
1: a political cartoon.
2: It looked like there was, um, it looked like cell phone video, what I saw. And you hear the parent kind of arguing back and forth with the teacher and the kid is sitting right there. And the kid's looking very smug because the teacher didn't know the origins of that patch. She apparently thought it was from the Confederacy or something. But the parent is, like, lecturing the teacher about the origins of this and why the student should be allowed to keep it on the backpack. And the kid there, who looked to be, I don't know, 11, maybe, like Zeke's age— was just sitting there with this smug look on his face. And there was a lot of comments like, look at this dumb teacher and how much smarter this kid is. And I sat there and I was thinking, you know, what is that really teaching this kid right well, now?
1: unfortunately, as Deacon Stephen Graydonis would say, there's kind of like a junior knows best trope. There's already a junior knows best trope in children's Film and television culture Mm -hmm. that's like your parents are dumb, but you're smart and cool. There's a manifestation of that in the classroom as well, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, what are we doing?
2: It's really unfortunate.
1: You don't want your kids to reject all authority.
0: Every hour of every day there's over 50 minutes of solid Catholic teaching on Sacred Heart Radio. Whether we're discussing the Catholic perspective on current issues, reflecting on the heroic life of a saint, or spending an hour in prayer, every hour of every day, Sacred Heart Radio is broadcasting the good news of our salvation through Jesus Christ because of the generosity of listeners like you. Thank you. To join in this mission, please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on Donate.
7: All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence, yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to cincinnatirighttolife.org. Support us from Solidarity HealthShare.
8: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity Health Share. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
9: Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688. Offering Catholic retreats based
10: on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreatments Masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com JesuitSpiritualCenter.com That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com JesuitSpiritualCenter.com
1: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Well, some of you, if you recall, back a little over a decade ago. We had some uh, changes that were administered to the liturgy, and some stuff changed in what we say at Mass. And one of the things that was key that changed change was that we stopped saying, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, and instead started saying, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And some people were like, well, that was kind of a strange change. We're going to get behind it a little bit today with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, which had a little something to do with that change in the language. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Good morning. So when it comes to this particular phrase in the liturgy, I mean, I guess the opening question could almost be like fourfold. Like where does this phrase come from? What does the Latin say? What do we used to <clears throat> say? And why do we say what we say now?
11: <laughs> yeah. So those are, those are the four, the four elements. Yeah. That's, that's well put, Matt. So um, it, you might, uh, with this new translation, you might recognize more readily uh, the the background where this text comes from. It's actually a a, a slight adaptation of Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, which um, is a, a, a gospel passage that comes up in the liturgy, in the lectionary readings, I think for the first Sunday or first Monday of Advent. So it, we actually get this gospel reading in the liturgy at Mass for daily Mass. Um and it might also come up in a in a sunday mass um, but it's uh, the centurion approaching our lord and and asking him to come and heal his servant um and and jesus is says he's going to come but then the, the centurion says i, I don't want to trouble you I, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof only say the word and my servant shall be healed so that's what the gospel reading is, and the liturgy takes that text and it alters just the one word. Instead of saying "servant," we say "soul." Uh, so the Latin text of in the liturgy is only one word different from uh, from the scripture uh, passage in in Matthew eight. Um, so the Latin text does literally say "sub uh, tectum meum," under my roof. Uh, because that's the expression that the Centurion used uh, about welcoming Jesus into his home, so um, so that's sort of where the text comes from. Um, and the Latin hasn't changed from 1970. Actually, before 1970, it was part of the uh, the older form of the Mass. But in 1970, with the with the new form of the Mass, uh, the Latin text was was the same as it had been, and, and it's been the same ever since. So the Latin hasn't changed over the last 40 or 50 years even though the English translation has. So that that should answer the question of where did the text come from and, and sort of what does the Latin say? Um, yeah.
6: I, I
1: can tell you this, that, well, you and I both come from generally Methodist worlds. And uh, the first time I heard, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I thought, what a beautiful sentiment. Uh, what a beautiful thing yeah. to express before receiving communion. Uh, but if I were to have walked in as a Methodist under the current translation, I'd been like, "Hey, you guys stole that from the Bible."
11: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> exactly. It's
1: so obviously like a reference to this passage, this exchange from scriptures, the way that it's worded now. Even though the previous sentiment was very beautiful.
11: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, when when the when the new translation first debuted, I was an altar server uh, at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. And uh, I remember I was serving it that Monday of the first week of Advent. So it was, you know, the second day that we were using the new translation. And this gospel passage was the gospel passage for Mass that day. And uh, the priest who was celebrating Mass, who who was not a new priest, he'd been a priest for about 30 years, uh, he started off his homily by saying, admitting that when the new translation came out of that prayer, he had been a little puzzled by the wording under my roof until he was preparing the readings for mass that day and he realized for the first time as a priest that this prayer we pray every mass is lifted straight from the gospel that had been a, a new realization for him even though he was a priest and had you know been praying and and reading this as part of the lectionary for however many years so i think it does the new translation does um, bring out a little more clearly uh, the biblical background to this prayer.
1: well, it also brings into uh, into mind the the line from Chesterton where he says something to the effect of you know you can see something uh, for, for a thousand times and be dangerously you know close to seeing it for the first time right, right? exactly when it, yeah when it comes to some of these things but you know as we're pondering this and this is you know, you're a translator and I'm a radio host so we can only get so much as <laughs> at the uh, at the spiritual depth of what it is that we're really asking but but what is it that we're asking when we are, are preparing to receive the Eucharist by saying that we are not worthy for uh, to receive the Lord under our roofs I mean like what what is what should that be getting us to think about
11: I, I think that uh, it, it gets us to think about a lot of things I mean it, it it gets us to think about our body as as a kind of house. Right? I mean, if we're if we're referring to um, under our roof when we mean receiving him into our body, um, that gets us to think about our body as a house, and maybe that makes us think of other scripture passages where, you know, the, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, or it might get us to think about, um, you know, the body of Christ, and um, there'd be any number of uh, spiritual and biblical associations with that kind of metaphorical language. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's asking Christ for his grace to, to overlook the fact that we're not worthy, but, and, but also to, to speak a word, um, to speak his word to heal us.
1: Yeah, and then um, for you and I as evangelicals, we knew that language of Jesus making a home in our heart, right? I mean, these, yeah. are, these are words that, that, that resonate deeply with what it means to have a relationship with Christ. So great stuff this morning. Uh, we've got the International Commission for English in the Liturgy, ISIL, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, where you can go find out more. Dr. Lewis, thank you as always. Have a wonderful thank day. Thank you, Matt. You too. And hopefully next time you hear that passage in the Mass, you'll be like, hey, I know a little bit more about it. And it might jump out to you a little bit better at the next liturgy you attend, maybe this morning. Half past the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with news.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. Vatican News reports the Pope joined the Synod of the Hierarchy of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, where the bishops told him about the suffering of their flocks in Ukraine and asked for more prayer The Holy Father said there is a need for more prayer, for conversion, and an end to the conflict. And he expressed his desire that during the month of October, especially in Marian shrines, the rosary be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in Ukraine. During his general audience yesterday, the Pope reflected on his recent visit to Mongolia. He said it did him good to visit the heart of Asia. The Pope began by asking... Why a pope would go to a nation with such a tiny flock and he answered saying because it is precisely there far from the spotlight that we often find the signs of the presence of God who does not look at appearances but at the heart. Also during his general audience he offered prayers for those who died in a tragic fire recently in Johannesburg South Africa from Vatican Radio Thaddeus Jones reports.
12: <laughs>
13: The Pope said, with deep sorrow, I learned of that fire that broke out in a five story building in the city center of Johannesburg, South Africa, in which more than 70 people died, including several children. The Pope invited all those following in presence and online to join him in praying for the victims. He said to the family members i express my condolences and i send a special blessing for them and for those who are working to provide assistance and support at least 73 people died and 43 were injured in the fire in a five-story building in the city's financial district on the 31st of august the fire broke out around 1 a.m the city authorities did not clarify what the possible causes might have been according to eyewitnesses the fire started when the power was out One witness recounted that the fire started during a power outage and that there was a loud gunshot-like noise followed by a loud explosion. Some of the survivors described how they jumped out of windows, but only after tossing their children to others below. The rundown compound was among numerous properties seized by organized crime and property syndicates who subsequently and unlawfully leased the premises to individuals unable to afford alternative accommodations." And often lacking dependable facilities or proper sanitation, these places present dire living conditions. There are 57 complexes that have been hijacked in the inner city of Johannesburg there, where up to 2,000 people can live in a single complex. In the aftermath of the latest deadly blaze, people are wondering how such a thing could have happened. I'm Thaddeus Jones.
2: New projections show Hurricane Lee could make it all the way to the east coast. The hurricane formed over the Atlantic on Tuesday and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 by Saturday with wind speeds up to 150 miles per hour. A European forecast model predicts the storm will stay out at sea and will not make direct landfall with the United States. However, the American model shows Lee hitting the edge of Cape Cod and heading up into Canadian waters. President Biden is heading overseas today. He's due to fly out of Joint Base Andrews this afternoon en route to India, where he will be attending the G20 summit. Following the summit, he's scheduled to visit Vietnam on Sunday. Meanwhile, in Washington, the Senate will start moving a package of government funding bills next week.
14: Lisa Taylor reports. It comes as Congress is racing to avoid a shutdown at the end of this month. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he expects the first votes on Monday. The top Democrat urged Republicans in the House to follow the Senate's lead and work with Democrats. A group of House conservatives says it would oppose any funding bill that does not include conservative policy priorities on spending levels, the southern border, and the Justice Department. I'm Lisa Taylor.
2: The judge hearing the case accusing former President Donald Trump and 18 others of conspiring to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election will not sever the cases of two co-defendants. Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee yesterday denied motions by attorneys Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell to sever their cases from each other. But the judge was skeptical of the district attorney's plan to begin a trial for all 19 defendants. Beginning next month. That's the news. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
7: Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values from Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click. Angels List.
15: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller-Knockleman Plumbing, Heating and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair and drain cleaning backed by schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller-Knockleman at skpha.com skpha.com
11: A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime.
16: Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
1: This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming
16: marriage based on communication intimacy and the family they grew up in find out more at cincinnati-covington Com. that's cincinnati-covington encounter.com. it's 24 minutes before the hour on this thursday september the
2: 7th your forecast is brought to you on sacred heart catholic radio by schneller knuckleman plumbing heating and air online at skpha Dot com. Got some rain possibilities today, but also a cool down right now. Temperatures in the mid 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly to mostly cloudy today with some isolated afternoon showers possible in a high of 79 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 62. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 78 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a spotty shower possible today, a high of 77 degrees. Evening shower possible, but otherwise mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low near 60. Partly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower tomorrow and a high of 75 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio.
1: The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Mike Aquilina. You can find him online at FathersOfTheChurch.com. Mike, good morning. Morning, Matt. So at the beginning of September, we celebrate the Feast of St. Gregory the Great. Now, you don't get the nickname, The Great, unless you've done some big things and usually a lot of big things. So if you could, position Gregory in the history of the church, and then let's talk about some of the stuff uh, that he's known for.
15: We know... A lot of people today like to say there were no dark ages, but I don't, I disagree with that. I don't think that's true at all. You know, what we see happening, uh, in, in Gregory's lifetime in the sixth and seventh centuries is a decline in commerce, especially international trade. Uh, you can, you can ask any marine archaeologist, maritime archaeologist, you know, what's going on, uh, underwater in those in those ages and there there are no ships going down because there there are few ships on the ocean piracy was back up you know and 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 that was prohibitive um uh there there were there were devastating wars of reconquest uh, uh waged by the roman emperors and wars always lead to um to pestilence and, uh, and pandemic in the ancient world because, um, because of the conditions that people are living in. Uh, so, so things were pretty bad. You see the production of books, especially new books, going way down. Uh, survival becomes, becomes the most important thing. And that's where you, you put a lot of your resource, your cultural resource, your societal resource. Uh, th- these are the times when Gregory was living uh, and they were difficult times because at the time the emperors were weak, and so the bishops had to step up and manage a lot of the civic government as well. Now Gregory came from one of the the most distinguished families in Roman history, the gens Anicia um you know they had they had produced all kinds of uh great governors and senators and generals and consuls uh you know they hobnobbed with cicero and and uh and other other luminaries, uh, and they also produced many great literary luminaries, like the poet Proba and the philosopher Boethius. I mean, these these are no slouches, and they had even produced popes before Gregory. So this is this is quite a distinguished line. Now Gregory uh, you know, is raised in this family, Gregory eventually comes to be governor of Rome. You know, he's mayor or whatever you want to call that position. Uh, he's, he's ruling in Rome as the, as the local, uh, the local man in charge. And, uh, and he's making things happen. But at a certain point he decides to retire to a monastery to take up a, a, a contemplative life. And, uh, And he he vanishes, you know, this great talent in diplomacy and in management and in administration suddenly decides that he's going behind the walls to live as St. Benedict had lived.
1: You know, it's fascinating to me for so many reasons, because, you know, these days we're like, oh, wow, that's a pretty powerful story. This guy was, uh, you know, he was a bank manager and he left it all to become a monk, you know, just like people have done for centuries before, Uh, Benedictine life is actually a pretty new thing, (laughs) right, when Gregory becomes Uh, a monk. I mean, it is not something that has this big, long history that we think about today, the idea of someone dropping everything to become a monk.
15: Yes. And, and this is this is more like uh, this is more like Bill Gates suddenly dropping everything to become a monk, a very prestigious man, uh, you know, with with quite a background, quite a pedigree. And uh, and he's just going to vanish from the world scene and take all those talents with him. You know, someone who had demonstrated greatness in um, in in civ- civic life and. Um, so so yeah, this is something new, and and Benedict had, was only recently dead. Uh, Benedict emerges as one of Gregory's heroes, and Gregory writes the first biography of Benedict in in due time.
1: Well, that's not the only thing he writes. Um, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, we have um, a, a whole bunch of things that he's written, that he's done, that he's worked on. Uh, there are uh, mission. I mean, he's the one who sends Saint Augustine of Canterbury. To evangelize really? England, uh, but I think yeah. that you know most people would know Gregory's work even without knowing Gregory because of Gregorian chant.
15: <laughs> yeah, a lot of things get attributed to him, and and it's interesting. It's interesting um, what happens because he goes behind the monastery walls, but they don't let him stay there because the world is in too much of a crisis. So the Pope calls upon him to represent the papacy, to represent Rome at the. Um, at the, the the court of the Byzantine em- emperor. So Gregory goes off, and he lives in Constantinople, and he enriches his life there. And it's in Constantinople that he's exposed to Eastern chant and Eastern liturgy, and these will profoundly influence him and eventually influence his reform of the Western liturgy, the Roman liturgy, the Latin liturgy. So we're all kind of living with... Um, with, uh, with the, the benefits that Gregory uh, got when he was living among the Easterners. He really did have an ecumenical vision, a, a vision of the whole church. So he was over there for for, for quite a while, and he, he lived among monks there. That's where he wrote uh, one of his greatest works, his, um, his work on the Book of Job. It's, it's kind of a rambling work, uh, but it, it, it planted seeds for future mystical theology. Uh, so Gregory was there for a while came back, and um, and the, when the Pope died, people started to clamor for Gregory to be Pope, and, and this is an office he refused, um, but the, the people insisted, and then the Emperor insisted, and, and Gregory did take the office. You know, as you point out, he reformed the liturgy, uh, and this is known as the gregorian reform uh, it, it, there all his name is attached to all kinds of things, and some of them uh, he actually did initiate, but he got credit for a lot more too. Um, he reformed the the liturgy as I said he reformed the clergy and uh, and their formation. Uh, He wrote a book for formation of clergy and to help them make prudential decisions in life because he knew that in these times of dark ages, they were going to be making major decisions. Now, the remarkable thing about him, you know, he he was such an active administrator. We, We have more than 800 of his letters, and we just have a small fraction of the administrative letters he wrote. But the amazing thing about it is that he did a lot of it from his sickbed. He was not a man of robust health, and he was he was sick in his bed most of the time, but working constantly, constantly through his papacy. And he had this, this hyperactive papacy uh, that really did set the stage for the Middle Ages.
1: Well, thanks so much, Mike Aquilina, for giving us a little window into the life and times and witness of Pope St. Gregory the Great. So his feast day... Was on September the 3rd, Anna Mitchell, so we didn't get to party too much because that was Sunday in the middle of a long weekend.
2: Right.
1: Got overtaken by, by ordinary time. But he's but. an
2: important one to highlight every year around this time. Absolutely. There are some greats. I mean, I'm so looking forward to next week. Matt. Well,
1: next week's a—it's like one of your favorite feast weeks because you got the oh feast gosh. of the Holy Cross, and then the very next day you got Our Lady, of, Our Lady Sorrows. of
2: Sorrows. My two favorite feast days on the whole liturgical calendar, outside of you know John Christmas next week, which is Freddie's birthday.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Freddie's the feast of John Frederick, Christ. Frederick
2: John. Because
1: I, I think I was trying to get you to name him.
2: You wanted me to name him Chris C H R Y S. And I went with John instead. As in short for Chrysostom. Frederick John.
1: But it's in the mix, though. Mm -hmm. It's in the mix.
2: You, I can just see the little smirk on your face as you say something like that.
1: I'm just saying. Well, the huge eye roll
2: that I made after giving birth. And you were like, you could name him Chris with a Y. I was just like, that's such a messed thing to say. Which,
1: by the way, we're working on a camera setup. You, uh, you can actually see this.
2: I actually can see your smirk right now.
1: Um, but uh, there's a guy named Travis, and he's back there, and he's working on a camera setup so that fairly soon, those of you who want a really like jarring way to start your day can see what Anna and I actually look like.
2: Matt's actually. His smirk is something you'll actually see.
1: You can just you can hear it now, but you'll be able to hear and see it soon. We'll let you know how that materializes as it gets closer.
2: And you can see my actual reactions when Matt makes ridiculous jokes.
1: You'll tell when the mic is actually cut out for Annie or when she's just standing there <laughs> staring at me <laughs> after a stupid joke. <laughs> Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prindergast joins us next. It's 14 till...
0: Supporters from TBN, weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David treatment and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the Biblical Highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the Biblical Highway. Information at Route60.movie, that's Route60.movie.
16: Are you looking for peace, longing for joy, want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB.
1: The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from.
2: And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, SONRISEMORNINGSHOW.COM, we earn a commission on whatever you buy.
1: You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store.
2: Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at SUNRISEMORNINGSHOW.COM.
7: Now there's a fast and easy way to get in touch with EWTN. The EWTN Everything Number. Call 1-800-447-EWTN
1: to get the latest information on programming, special events, pilgrimages, and more. You can even make a donation. Our EWTN Family Viewer Services representatives are ready to help you with whatever your needs may be. The EWTN Everything Number. 1-800-447-EWTN.
17: EWTN.
6: This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, licensed counselor, former seminary instructor as well, and has a lot of experience uh, addressing Questions of mental health from a Catholic perspective. Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Matt. You know, there are probably a lot of people out there who would love to just talk to somebody and get even just some temporary help with some questions, but do not know where to begin, do not know if they're going to find someone who undermines their faith. That's a question that I get a lot. I know you get it a lot too. Uh, doesn't mm-hmm. know if the person that they get, even if their faith lines up with them, is going to say helpful things, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some good things to have in the back of your mind when you're trying to figure out who to look for um, if you're trying to get mental health help?
18: Yeah, and and the first question there, Matt, even a preliminary one, would be: Do I need a counselor? Is that what I need? And I and I think a lot of us, uh, we've talked about this a lot with different topics in the in this segment. Uh, is there a mental health epidemic or Uh, Do we just not have enough uh, robust community and close friendships and relationships? So I think that's why people are turning to to therapy. Uh, But, you know, one of my instructors always said there's many things in life that are therapeutic besides therapy. So I obviously believe in therapy. uh, But, you know, the other goal here might be to build up enough other relationships and support And people that I can talk to on a regular basis. So therapy is not going to solve everything. But if I do decide that you know I'm been really down in the dumps, or I'm I'm very stressed and anxious, I'm not sleeping. uh, There, one of my kids has problems. Our marriage is not doing well. Where Where do we go? So so one thing you know maybe to have some expectations of what therapy is. So I often talk to my students about this that. friendship and therapy are two different things. So I can have a best friend forever, but generally they're going to take my side. They're going to listen. They're going to be there. They're going to let me ventilate. Uh, And the thing about friendship, friendship doesn't really have so much of a goal or a direction or action plans, right? I just want to hang out with my friend and I talk about life going on. Whereas in therapy, but a couple of things that are different there. One is that I definitely want somebody who's a good listener, but the number one complaint that I get from clients who have seen another therapist in the past is he or she just sat there and they really were nice and they listened, you know, and they didn't interrupt me, but I didn't really get anything out of it. So that's one of the questions I ask, well, what did you get out of that last therapy? What concrete skills improvement did you get? And people get a blank look on their face. So I think, you know, part of what I'm looking for in therapy could also be spiritual direction or even from the confessional is I need some guidance. All right. I want somebody who's going to be listening, who's going to be on my side, who's going to I know that they care about me, but they're also going to besides supporting me, they're going to challenge me. They're going to we all have blind spots. Uh, we have things that get in the way of our relationships with other people, and our friends don't always do that. You know, I, I hope some of our listeners are fortunate like I am to have friends who care enough about me that they don't mind hurting my feelings. Right? Right. So, you know, Kevin, to, as you're yeah. saying this, it mm-hmm.
1: reminds me of something that Anna Mitchell was talking about in a recent segment mm-hmm. on another topic about you know be careful who you complain about and who you who you complain yeah. about them in front of. Uh, because, uh-huh. you know, if you go and you complain about your spouse in front of your buddies all the time, then your your buddies are all going to, like, coalesce around how terrible <laughs> your spouse is and just back you up yeah. <laughs> when, when that's a two-way street, man.
18: Well, it it takes a lot of courage, Matt. Like, do I really want to be challenged? I know for myself, not really. I don't, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear what, you know, people are trying to tell me for my own benefit. Uh, but so it, it takes courage. And when I go to counseling, I have to realize a couple of other things, too, is, you know, what do I need to bring to the therapy? So I want somebody who can be honest with me and give me some feedback and teach me some skills. I should be able to come away with some new insights, uh, better habits, uh, skills for coping. Uh, I'm not going to get instant results, and I often tell my clients things are probably going to feel worse before they get better. Nobody really wants to hear that. I need to keep my appointments. I need to do homework. I should expect that my my therapist is going to give me things to do in the other 167 hours of the week besides when I'm sitting in therapy. And the other thing, it, it just shouldn't go on forever. So even Freud way back in the day talked about interminable therapy. And I have to think, you know, am I just being, you know, is the is therapist making me dependent on them? So I have to go in there, and sometimes I don't get the right person the first time. It's like, you know, we we love our priest, but if we've been around for a while in the church, uh, there are some people who say, you know, I went to him for confession, he was okay, but. Wasn't that helpful? I think I need to talk to somebody else. That's perfectly legitimate, right? Uh, you know, the sacrament is the sacrament. We have grace there, even if the priest is having a difficult time. We don't connect, but in but in therapy you know we we can test out the therapist the first few times but i have to ask myself am i looking for a new therapist because they're just not really meeting my needs and they're not very competent or is it because i'm avoiding things maybe they're pushing me on some things that i don't want to get pushed on and the other question is do i need a catholic psychotherapist so the big problem with that is there just aren't a lot of catholic therapists around and there's not enough competent Catholic therapist around. So a therapist who happens to be Catholic doesn't necessarily have the skills or the training to be able to integrate and bring up faith issues and therapy. That's a whole nother uh, you know, our field, we have had a program in pastoral counseling is how to integrate those. But I think, the, you know, for people looking for someone in, you know, areas like my marriage and morality and making good ethical choices, the Catholic Psychotherapy Association is a national organization. We have a very active chapter here in Cincinnati. That would be one place to look. I think the other place, how do I find a good car mechanic or how do I find a good OBGYN I usually ask people, you know, I can ask uh, my physician who refers a lot for mental health issues. I can ask my priest or the deacon, a pastoral staff member. Maybe one in your own
1: parish, right?
18: Correct. Maybe one of my friends has been in therapy. And that's that's usually pretty good that if they've had a good experience Uh, And then the the other problem is sometimes our insurance doesn't cover it. Some companies have employee assistance programs, which can give us at least some short-term counseling. Uh, So we we don't want to wait too long to get into therapy. And uh, we talk a lot about the stigma of mental health. I think it's a fear. You know, it's a fear that, you know, this is a big step. Do I want to go to marriage counseling? Is it going to make things worse or better? Uh, Am I really going to be able to deal with it so we can turn to our Lord and ask for a courage, uh, trust, faith, and guidance uh, to find the right person that we can really be honest with.
1: Well, and uh, just a, a heads up, too, to those listening who are heading towards you know college and picking majors and things, there'd be there's a great need for well-formed, very professionally competent Catholics in this field, because I get phone calls and you get phone calls all the time looking yes. for them. So Correct. Yeah. A great thing to explore that God might be calling you to. More coming up after the break. It's Three
19: Till.
9: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, and Dr. Matthew Menard will discuss the newest edition of the Confessions of St. Augustine. Dr. Jennifer Robat-Morris will share ways to protect your children in public schools this year. I'll talk about who Jesus Christ is for Catholics, Plus, frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart
20: Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King.
7: Support for Sacred Art Radios from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-Mollymaid or at mollymade.com. Molly made a clean you can trust.
0: Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping. 513-271-2332 513-271-2332 or on the web at WimbergLandscaping.com. That's WimbergLandscaping.com.
7: Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Art Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait.
0: 513-941-0428. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finder Meats has continually offered prime beef, top-quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574 3100 and online at BridgetownFinderMeets.com.
7: On Saturday, September 9th, Americans throughout the United States will honor the memory of more than 60 million unborn victims of abortion during the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Please join in prayer at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in the Baby Garden, Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m. 11,000 Montgomery Road, Cincinnati. More information at Gate of Heaven Cemetery, 513-489-0300. Please bring a folding
0: chair and umbrella for your comfort. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org.
1: This is Father John Paul Walker, pastor of St. Gertrude
0: in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.
1: It is Thursday, the 7th of September. Let's begin this morning in prayer, praying for providence, uh, especially for all of you who are struggling with employment and finance right now. A prayer to St. Joseph in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Joseph, with Jesus and Mary, you knew hunger, uncertainty, and illness. You turned your heart to God to lift up your needs and those of your family. In faith, you accepted the Father's response as events unfolded. Be with me today as I offer my requests to the Father. Joseph, let me recognize God's will as I open my hands to accept what God bestows in loving kindness. With tenderness, God fills creation with life and love. Open my eyes to the wonders that God works without ceasing. Let me learn the true intention behind my request so that I may discover within myself the lowly one that God commends. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray in that prayer, especially for all of you looking for work, all of you who are dealing with struggles and not sure exactly how you're going to make it through September. St. Joseph, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Thursday. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. And as we do on every Thursday, we'll check in with Dr. John Bergsma, going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Today we talk about Hosea, which is a wild, and I mean wild, book of the Old Testament. And there's no way for me to do it justice, so we're just going to have to have Dr. John Bergsma explain what in the world is going on in Hosea. Rita Heikenfeld will talk about drying and preserving your Bible herbs. Some of you had gardens with uh, herbs and spices mentioned in the Bible. Rita will talk about the best way to store them. For the colder months. Gary Machuda continues our series on his book, The Gospel Truth, also Father John Gavin, with more thoughts from the Church Fathers as they are cited in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So stay with us if you can. Two minutes past, news of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins has more.
3: Insisting that there is a need for more prayer for conversion and an end to the conflict in Ukraine, Pope Francis expressed his desire that during the month of October, especially in Marian shrines, the rosary will be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in Ukraine. The appeal came during a meeting with the bishops of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, who are holding their annual synod in Rome at the beginning of the nearly two-hour encounter the pope was greeted by major archbishop sviatoslav shevchuk who recalled the painful situation in which his country finds itself with an increasing number of dead wounded and tortured people and who thanked the pope for the affection shown in so many ways and on so many occasions A statement from the Holy See Press Office noted that following the greetings from Major Archbishop Shevchuk, several of the assembled bishops shared with the Pope their stories of the suffering that the Ukrainian people are experiencing in different places and in different ways. The Holy Father listened attentively to their testimony and with some brief interventions expressed his feelings of closeness and participation in the tragedy that the Ukrainians are experiencing with a dimension of martyrdom that is not spoken about enough subjected to cruelty and criminality. He also spoke about his sorrow for the sense of helplessness experienced in the face of war, which he ascribed to the devil who desires to destroy. Pope Francis turned his thoughts especially to the Ukrainian children he has met. They look at you and have forgotten their smile, he said, adding that this is one of the fruits of war, to take the smiles away from children. Finally, Pope Francis recalled the example of Jesus during the Passion, who did not remain a victim of insults, torture, and crucifixion, but bore witness to the courage to speak the truth, to be close to the people so that they would not be discouraged. This is not easy, the Pope said, but this is holiness, and people want to be saints and teachers of this way that Jesus taught us. I'm Devin Watkins.
2: Pope Francis has said, I've been to the heart of Asia and it has done me good. He was speaking during his general audience yesterday, reflecting on his trip to Mongolia. The Holy Father said, quote, it was good for me to meet the Mongolian people who cherish their roots and traditions, respect their elders and live in harmony with the environment. They are a people who peer into the sky and feel the breath of creation, end quote. President Biden is heading overseas today. He's due to fly out of Joint Base Andrews this afternoon en route to India, where he will be attending the G20 summit. Following the G20, the president is scheduled to visit Vietnam on Sunday. Federal prosecutors plan to indict Hunter Biden by September 29th on gun charges, according to a court filing. The president's son had agreed to a plea agreement that would have spared him jail time for allegedly purchasing a gun as a drug user. The deal had Hunter Biden entering a diversion program, but the agreement fell apart in court in July. That plea deal also included tax evasion charges, but it's currently unclear where those stand. New projections show Hurricane Lee could make it all the way to the East Coast. Mark Mayfield has more.
4: The hurricane formed over the Atlantic Ocean on Tuesday and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 storm by Saturday with wind speeds of up to 150 miles per hour. A European forecast model predicts the storm will stay out at sea and not make direct landfall with the U.S. However, the American model shows Lee hitting the edge of Cape Cod and heading up into Canadian waters. Hurricane Lee could strengthen into a Category 5 storm as temperatures in the Atlantic are warmer than usual. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: An effort is underway to get an American who's been trapped inside a cave in southern Turkey for several days. Rescuers received a call Saturday saying Mark Dickey was suffering gastrointestinal bleeding and needed help. He's said to be inside a cave at a campsite around 3,400 feet from the entrance. While Dickey's condition is stabilizing, he'll need a stretcher to be removed. Officials are calling the effort one of the largest cave rescues in the world. Dickey had been helping to lead an international expedition in the cave. Using the Internet has been linked to cognitive benefits to older people, according to some new research. A study out last month in the Journal of American Geriatrics Society found that people between 50 and 65 who use the Internet regularly see their chances of developing dementia drop by nearly 9%. People using the Internet for more than two hours a day, though, saw their risk for dementia increase. And week one of the NFL season is finally here. The defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs begin their title defense tonight when the Detroit Lions visit Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City ousted the Philadelphia Eagles thirty-eight to thirty-five in the last season's Super Bowl, while Detroit is coming off a nine and eight season, just having missed the playoffs.
1: All right. So the folks in Ave Maria Radio Land. Hoping Jared Goff can make it happen. We'll see what happens.
2: We'll see what happens.
1: We shall see, Anna Mitchell.
2: We shall see.
1: Well, I mean, it's going to be a wild one. So, uh, you know. Uh, Well,
2: here, I have some other matchups. Well, uh,
1: before you get to the matchups, I just want to say that we were at dinner last night and my wife, who you know well. I know well. Says, is this weekend the start of the NFL season? I'm like. Yes, what? Oh, you're in an office pool, aren't you? And she's like, "Yes." She's already got her picks in.
2: Oh my gosh! Colleen's playing fantasy football.
1: She just does with work, and it's—I don't even know if there's like—I don't even know if there's stakes involved. I think it's just maybe bragging. You, I have no idea.
2: Are you playing any fantasy football?
1: I can't play fantasy football. I mean, if I do, I only pick teams uh, out of a matter of like moral obligation. And the reason I do pick only teams, unlike Paul Lockman, who will pick. You know, like, players. is because I never want to assemble a team of my own based on players from other teams that ever causes me to root against my own team. Yeah. For fantasy.
2: For fantasy. Cloud. You don't want to have the... You don't want any balls.
1: Right. I don't want any idols that cause me to, you know, forsake my first love. What a As it were.
2: beautiful way to transition the conversation now.
1: I don't want to marry four different women in one minor <laughs> prophet book. I want to stick with the one team.
2: That leads us seamlessly to Dr. John Bergsma. Dr. John Bergsma joining us now again on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's author of Love Basics for Catholics, illustrating God's love for us throughout the Bible. Doc, good morning.
21: Good morning, Anna.
2: So we are continuing to look at the love of God as expressed through the prophets. And today we are going to focus primarily on one of these so-called minor prophets, Hosea. Now, um, Doc, you explained to us last time that the uh, the prophets were, were prophesying in the time around the Babylonian exile, before, during, and and after. So... To kick off this conversation, who is Hosea, and when in that time spectrum was he prophesying?
21: Sure. So Hosea is a little bit of an exception. He is a northern Israelite, and he's the only prophet that was sent exclusively to the north, um, to that group that broke off. You know that uh, mm. that divorced uh, the son of David and shacked up with a different king back uh, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 12. And um, so Hosea sent to those folks, and he, um, you know, criticizes them strongly, of course, for breaking their faith with God. But he also has the most beautiful oracles about God coming and wooing them back to himself. And restoring that marriage relationship
2: yeah and i want to get to that that marital language in a second here but can you just talk about how wild his story is
21: oh yeah it's crazy because you know you don't really being a prophet's not really fun (laughs) 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 Not something you like uh you're that anybody's eager to sign up for And a lot of them a lot of prophets kind of resisted a bit because yeah so one of the things that God has Hosea do is go marry an unfaithful woman, Gomer. And he has a few kids with her, and then uh, she runs after some other guys and and uh, leaves him and goes and le- leads a wild life of partying and whatnot. And, uh, of course, she winds up destitute from all that kind of behavior. And he goes and finds her apparently... She, had, she was reduced to slavery somewhere, and he her, purchases her back and brings her back and um, uh, remarries her. And this is a sign for his contemporaries of the fidelity of God, that even in the unfaithfulness of Israel, that God is going to come and redeem them and bring them back into that intimate relationship with himself.
2: Wow. Okay, now talk about all of the marital imagery that that plays into the prophet Hosea's words.
21: Absolutely. So, you know, probably the most beautiful passage is in Hosea 2, where looking into the future, uh, the prophet, speaking on behalf of God, says, I will allure her and speak tenderly to her, in hebrew that's a beautiful expression it's i will speak to her heart Mm. i just love that and um there i will give her vineyards which are a sign of romance there she shall answer as in the days of her youth at the time when she came out of the land of egypt of course that's looking back to that wedding ceremony at the foot of sinai Mm -hmm. in exodus 24 when israel said everything that the lord has said we will do And we will obey and wed themselves to God. And then Hosea continues in Hosea 2. He says, In that day, says the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my master. So I will remove the names of the masters from her mouth, and they shall be mentioned no more by name. And I'll make a covenant for you on that day, and I'll betroth you to me forever. I'll betroth you to me in righteousness and justice so very beautiful, and there's, um, when you read this in different translations, Anna, there's a, a wordplay between um, the Hebrew, my master, which is ishi, or literally my man, uh, versus my, uh, my baal, or my, my lord, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a wordplay because sometimes in very formal situations, an Israelite woman would call her husband my lord my Ba'ali. Um, but usually that term Ba'al was reserved for these Canaanite gods, you know, the chief one that we often call Baal mm-hmm. uh, when we're reading the Old Testament, as well as some of the minor gods that were called Ba'alim. And so the the contrast there, Anna, is that in the future, it's not even going to be this formal relationship between husband and wife, but it's going to be this intimate relationship where Israel will call God my man, in other words, my my husband. And so it's really setting us up for some of the beautiful events that we find in the Gospels where this is really fulfilled.
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, because we see this phrase in the prophets a lot, on that day or in that day, that day, what is that day? Is that the wedding day?
21: That's the future that is the messianic age that's the time of fulfillment it's pretty vague you know the 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 day in hebrew can mean a you know an unspecified period of time and so um it's looking you know and then we also get this very vague expression the latter days (laughs) it's like okay when we want to know more the only the only prophet that really gives us a chronology is daniel um, but the rest, you know, you have to be patient. This, this time of fulfillment is coming.
2: Wow. So we will have to leave it there with that little tease. The time of fulfillment is coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess it's not really much of a tease. We already know, but that said, we will uh, pick it up there the next time. We've got love basics for Catholics linked at sunrise dot Dr. Burksma. Thank you so much.
21: You bet. Talk to you next time.
2: All right. Sounds good. It is coming up on 17 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show. We got headlines coming up next.
22: Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years. Manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com.
9: The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th, at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, Resuscitation of the Rosary, a fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and Mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's
10: rosarypilgrimage.org.
16: The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. You
2: know, I have never seen women who want to be equal
7: absolutely degrading themselves. And yet the media degrades your nature, your beauty as a woman, your your goodness. Let us pray. At some point, our dear Lord touches their hearts. For more
16: information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com.
1: 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines.
2: Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. Meanwhile, the U.S. Secretary of State has announced a new aid package for Ukraine in their fight against Russia. And the Holy Father said during his general audience of his trip to Mongolia, I've been to the heart of Asia and it's done me good.
1: News. At the top and bottom of each hour, every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show, Anna Mitchell, um, I've been trying to get in the habit of modeling uh, the classes that people take on their way into the church by modeling the, my by saying OCIA whenever possible.
2: Right, right. The I'm Order trying of to Christian initiation.
1: The Order <laughs> of Christian Initiation for Adults. Uh, as opposed to the rite of Christian initiation for adults, I'm not going to mm-hmm. even say the other one because it's going to like trigger me towards saying it like, accidentally it. a whole bunch yeah. more times today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kicking off in a lot of places this month. Nice. Um, a lot of people do theirs from uh, you know September to Easter, mm-hmm. and then uh, hopefully mistigogji after. And uh, what's interesting, you know, a lot of people are like, "Why did they change it? Why don't we go with the old way?" Well, what's weird is that. In Latin, Anna Mitchell, as you might imagine, it's Ordo Initiationis Christiane Adultorum. So it was already O in the Latin the whole time.
2: Oh, that's funny.
1: As Dr. Benjamin Lewis would probably point out to us. We're going back to the old
2: days.
1: Going back, kicking it old school, Anna Mitchell. (laughs) We're kicking it old school. But, you know, when you think about it, to call it the right of Christian initiation was sort of a misnomer anyway. Because within it, you got the right of... Sending an election. No. You got some scrutinies, scrutinies in there. There's like things that happen in a certain order. Mm-hmm. So and maybe it's not ordered. like a
2: separate right in the church either. So Right. Right.
1: Things go in kind of an right. order. Right. Oh.
7: In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com.
22: I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide, while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, one, theabrasiveone.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513 451-4800 451-4800 and hoding.com.
10: This is John Kennedy, a state farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio.
0: Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance,
10: I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859 485
0: or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine, handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at BridgetownFinderMeats.com.
1: It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld from abouteating.com. And uh, Bible Foods is all about looking at foods and recipes and all kinds of things that are mentioned in the Bible, some of the symbolism of them and how we use those things today. Rita, good morning.
23: Well, good morning, Matt. And I, again, thanks to Annie, this is going to be a very timely subject.
1: Extremely timely because we're talking today about preserving some of the herbs from our bible gardens a lot of us have uh been taking notes on your segments and planted some of these things that show up in the bible and now we're getting to the cold months so we're just not going to be able to have them uh fresh so let's talk about some ways to to dry these i mean this is something that i mean there's a principle that you know is involved in this whole process of planting and watering and growing uh you know that, that's a nice way to think about all this stuff right
23: It is, and when you think of that, um, good point there, Matt. In Genesis, in Chapter 1, I love this passage. Then God said, let the earth bring forth vegetation, every kind of plant that bears seed, including herbs, I might add, every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. And so it happened, the earth brought forth vegetation, every kind of plant that bears seed, and every kind of fruit tree that bears fruit with its seed in it. God saw that it was good. So today, as you said, a lot of us are planting herbs, um, some of which are mentioned in the Bible, but they've grown, and now, before that first frost hits, we've got to figure out how to preserve them. And um, one of the best ways, I think, um, and easy and low cost, is just to dry them the old-fashioned way. Um, It's an ancient method, as we both know. It goes back to Bible days, and I'm thinking even before Christ was born. And it's always reliable and safe. So drying herbs the old-fashioned way is a good way to do that.
1: All right, so what are some tips for drying herbs? And, you know, this can vary from herb to herb a little bit, but Mm -hmm. generally speaking, what are some good principles to apply?
23: Well, just generally, you want to harvest um, your uh, herbs after the morning dew has dried from the leaves. But before the sun gets really hot, and that happens around here, around noontime, Matt. And, in fact, if you walk by a lavender plant around noontime, you'll get to smell a lovely aroma. And what's happened is the sun drives the oils from the bottom up toward the stem and then out into the air. So right um, before noon is the best time because then all the herbs will still have all their their volatile oils intact.
1: All right, so this is one where you get into a bit of a dilemma because you want clean herbs, but if you just waited for them to dry and then you wash them off, now they're wet again. So what, what, what is your recommendation in gar, regarding cleaning these herbs?
23: Well, first of all, if I, I usually don't have to clean them. I don't think many people do um, unless they're real dusty. But if you want to do them while they're still on the plant, I usually um, give them a, a light sprinkling the day before, and that gives them plenty of time to dry. Um, because wet herbs will get mildew and mold as they dry, and if you happen to take them off the plant and they they still need a rinse, do it in the kitchen and lay them, um, you know, let them drain and dry very well uh, before you start to dry them. And and by the way, you only want to cut healthy branches. If there's any yellow or spotted leaves, they're not going to have any flavor, so don't even bother with those.
1: All right, you try and knock the bugs off.
23: Aha. Uh-huh. Let now this is where your kids come in if they're not you know squeezy about it. Um, Yeah, I usually just shake them a bit. Um, I think there's usually some hitchhikers, although herbs are not uh, don't tend to attract bugs very much. And also, if you're going to rinse them, they're usually going to fall off. So um, not something to worry about, but maybe something to be to check on for sure.
1: All right. So with some of these, uh, let's say I've got thyme or oregano. Actually. That's not a theoretical hypothetical. I have tons of time in a regular.
23: Uh-huh. I know. I know uh, you do. Uh,
1: so do I cut off the whole branch? How much do I cut off?
23: Well, um, if you're going to dry them on the branch, um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll take them out of the garden and then remove about an inch or so, mat of the lower leaves. And what that does, it gives you um, something, that you know, uh, a branch to tie together. And I'll tie several together just to make a bunch. but. Um, here's the deal. You don't want to tie too many because you want a good air circulation, so three or four or five. Um, and you can use rubber bands uh, to tie them and hang them upside down because nutrition and flavor starts in the root and then goes through the stem and the leaves. Um, but if you're going to use rubber bands or strings, sometimes you've got to redo them because they may slip out. Um, again, not too many branches together because air, good air circulation is crucial.
1: All right, so where do you hang them? Do you hang them in your kitchen or your basement or garage? Where do you do that?
23: I love to put them in my kitchen because they look nice. But, again, it it sort of gets a little messy when they start to dry. Anywhere that's dry and basically warm with good um, air circulation, again, um, some people like to use a paper bag, and you can just place bundles of herbs upside down in the bag and then sort of gather the bag at the top and then tie it closed. Um, Some people punch a few holes in the If it's a bag for air circulation, I usually don't because if it's a paper bag, no need to. The big thing is don't um, dry herbs uh, near the sun, especially if they're exposed because that bleaches the color out. So any place that's basically warm and dry is good.
1: All right, so let's say I've got dried oregano. How much would I use of that uh, compared to how much fresh oregano I would use normally in a recipe?
23: Well, when you think of fresh herbs, they have moisture in them, so dried herbs don't. So uh, about one teaspoon of dried herbs to every tablespoon of fresh. To me, that's a good ratio. What do you think?
1: That seems about right. But you mm-hmm. know me. I never measure anything. <laughs> just dump it in until it tastes good.
23: I know. You and my mom would have gotten along great.
1: So, but, uh, and you know... We could maybe talk some other later time. I don't know if you've ever done where you freeze them in the ice cube trays, yeah. too. You know, it's a whole different kind of method and process. But this drying herbs thing, it's so cool. It smells good. You can even decorate the house, as you mentioned. I mean, lavender hanging in your kitchen just looks cool.
5: Mm-hmm. So,
1: all right. Well, Rita Heikenfeld, we've got abouteating.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Head on over there and check out Rita's stuff. Have a great day.
23: I will, and I'll talk to you next week, Matt
1: half past the hour. Here's Anna with news.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. Vatican News reports the Pope joined the synod of the hierarchy of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church yesterday, where the bishops told him about the suffering of their flocks and asked for more prayer. The Holy Father said there is a need for more prayer, for conversion, and an end to the conflict. And he expressed his desire that during the month of October, especially in Marian shrines, the rosary be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in Ukraine. Of course, the month of October dedicated to the Holy Rosary. During his general audience yesterday, the pope reflected on his visit to Mongolia. The pope did said it did him good to visit the heart of Asia. He began By asking why a pope would go to a nation with such a tiny flock and answered, saying, Because it is precisely there, far from the spotlight, that we often find the signs of the presence of God, who does not look at appearances but at the heart. He also offered his prayers for those who died in a tragic fire recently in Johannesburg, South Africa. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports.
12: The Pope said, with
13: deep sorrow, I learned of that fire that broke out in a five-story building in the city center of Johannesburg, South Africa, in which more than 70 people died, including several children. The Pope invited all those following in presence and online to join him in
12: praying for the victims. I'm express my
13: said to the family members i express my condolences and i sent a special blessing for them and for those who are working to provide assistance and support at least 73 people died and 43 were injured in the fire in a five-story building in the city's financial district on the 31st of august the fire broke out around 1 a.m the city authorities did not clarify what the possible causes might have been according to eyewitnesses the fire started when the power was out One witness recounted that the fire started during a power outage and that there was a loud gunshot-like noise followed by a loud explosion. Some of the survivors described how they jumped out of windows, but only after tossing their children to others below. The rundown compound was among numerous properties seized by organized crime and property syndicates who subsequently and unlawfully leased the premises to individuals unable to afford alternative accommodations and often lacking dependable facilities or proper sanitation, these places present dire living conditions. There are 57 complexes that have been hijacked in the inner city of Johannesburg there, where up to 2,000 people can live in a single complex. In the aftermath of the latest deadly blaze, people are wondering how such a thing could have happened. I'm Thaddeus Jones.
2: Mexico is decriminalizing abortion for the entire nation. The country's Supreme Court issued that ruling yesterday, saying in their ruling, the penalization of abortion is, quote, unconstitutional since it violates the human rights of women, end quote. Laws on abortion were previously left to a, on a state-by-state basis, with 12 of the country's 32 states already voting to decriminalize it. New projections show Hurricane Lee could make it all the way to the East Coast. The hurricane formed over the Atlantic on Tuesday, and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 storm by Saturday with wind speeds up to 150 miles per hour. A European forecast model predicts the storm will stay out at sea and not make direct landfall with the U.S. However, the American model shows Lee hitting the edge of Cape Cod and heading up into Canadian waters. In Washington, the Senate will start moving a package of government funding bills next week. Lisa Taylor
14: reports. It comes as Congress is racing to avoid a shutdown at the end of this month. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he expects the first votes on Monday. The top Democrat urged Republicans in the House to follow the Senate's lead and work with Democrats. A group of House conservatives says it would oppose any funding bill that does not include conservative policy priorities on spending levels, the southern border, and the Justice Department. I'm Lisa Taylor.
2: The judge hearing the case accusing former President Donald Trump and 18 others of conspiring to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election will not sever the cases of two co-defendants who requested it, Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour.
0: Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations.
10: Schneller and Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the
15: 100% satisfaction guarantee. Because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work. Find us at skpha.com. SKPHA.com.
0: Support us from Solidarity Health Share. Is
8: inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity Health Share. With Solidarity Health Share, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
9: Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity Health Share. 855 954 5688. Solidarity Health Share. 855 954 5688
2: it's 24 minutes before the hour on this thursday september the 7th your forecast is brought to you on sacred heart catholic radio by schneller Knockelman plumbing heating and air online at skpha.com got some rain possibilities today but also a cool down right now temperatures in the mid 60s as you're heading out the door for cincinnati it'll be partly to mostly cloudy today with some isolated afternoon showers possible in a high of 79 degrees Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 62. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 78 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a spotty shower possible today. A high of 77 degrees. Evening shower possible, but otherwise mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low near 60. Partly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower tomorrow and a high of 75 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio.
1: Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Machuda, and he is online at handsonapologetics.com. He's got a number of great books, including the one we've been going through most recently called The Gospel Truth, and it's all about the reliability of the gospel accounts of Jesus Christ. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. So one of the questions we've been addressing in these segments is how do we know that people remembered what Jesus actually said. And we've been going over some of the ways that uh, Jesus, as a good rabbi, would have built memory methods into his teaching style. And I love this one we're going to talk about today with locations, because it reminds me of our great friend, the the late Dr. Kevin Vost, who wrote several books on this concept of memorizing things by putting them sort of in places, right? And he's building off of ancient medieval memory methods. But this is something that Jesus himself was doing, Correct.
24: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Matt, this is something I think every person can relate to. Uh, back, well, back when you used to live in the Cincinnati area, you know, there's a, a bridge there that connects Cincinnati to um, Kentucky, and it when you drive over the bridge, it's the opening shot to an old TV show called WKRP Cincinnati, and they'd play that like every time the program would start, the, the theme song, and you know, every time you I drive. Over the bridge, I gotta sing the theme song because it, it like it just evokes this vivid memory of it, and you know, and I'm sure many other people have other memories. Like uh, we used to go traveling uh, down to uh, Southern California in the summer, and we'd have the radio on, and it's like '70s hits we're listening to. And I swear today, when I hear one of those hits, like I can almost smell the heated vinyl. From my old, you know, Oldsmobile Buick, as we're we're driving across the country, and so it's, you know, places, uh, songs, these things, you can evoke memories on, and word for word memories, right? Uh, just by being in the same place or doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that you know gets asked on Facebook on you know some of those memes that people throw out all the time, like, uh where were you when X happened, you know, and it's some major event right. in world history or American history. And it's just, the comments are full of nothing but people saying, I remember exactly the entire scene. I remember how I was sitting. I remember what part of the room I was sitting in. I remember who was with me, <laughs> right? I remember all these things right. connected to this. Uh, so how
24: does Jesus use this? Yeah, well, you know, uh, and this is something I think, you know, people who love reading Scripture should be aware of. Jesus deliberately chooses his discourses in particular areas. And unfortunately, that's kind of uh, Bible flyover country. When you're reading, it's like, okay, says Caesarea filled by, you know, blah, blah, blah. And okay, let's get to the important thing where Jesus says his uh, declaration of Peter, right? Well, you know, that, I think that's a great example of location, Jesus deliberately chose Caesarea Philippi to be the location, the backdrop, in which he tells Simon Peter that he's going to make him the rock upon which he's going to build his church and the gates of hell should not prevail. And the reason for that, Matt, is if you know the the outline of Caesarea Philippi, you know that one of its most striking features is that there's this huge outcropping of rock. And uh, it's part of the foothills of, of Mount Hermon. And on top of this outcropping of rock, there was a temple dedicated to Caesar as God by uh, Philip. And, you know, it was uh, marble. It was white. It would gleam. Off. Uh, Josephus talks about how, you know, you could see it for miles, the sun gleaming off the white marble on top of this rock. And then underneath, uh, you know, at the foot of this outcropping the rock, there was a spring that used to feed the Jordan. And so you'd have the bubbling spring that would come out from underneath the rock. And the ancients took soundings and they couldn't find the bottom. It seemed to like go on forever. And so with that background in mind, when you, when you read Jesus' discourse, you find out that like he is mapping the discourse with peter upon the surrounding because he says to simon that you are peter which means rock and he says i am going to build you know upon this rock i'm going to build my church just like you know philip built this false temple to a false god i'm going to build my church upon you peter and and then you have, and he says, the gates of the netherworld, the gates of Hades, will not prevail against it. So just like, you know, this outcropping the rock at Caesarea Philippi, which failed to stop the waters from, the, you know, the depths, um, Jesus' church, Jesus' rock, uh, the depths are not going to be able to prevail against it. And so I imagine, you know, the apostles, uh, just going into Caesarea Philippi, it would just snap into place, just like all those other things we said. You know, they, they would re, re, they would revoke the very words that Jesus says.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a powerful example, but I want to talk about another thing uh, that's in this same section of your book about, you know, Jesus and his memory methods is not just situating things in geographical locations, but in sort of chronological places along the liturgical calendar so that when a holiday is coming up, he teaches something that is connected with that holiday, so you have sort of like a like a cyclical memory about it that pops up once a year when that holiday comes back around. Uh, what would be an
24: example of this? Yeah, uh, well, example I, the one I give in the book, and I'm sure there's plenty of other ones, is the the feast of Tabernacles, and this is the, you know also known as the feast of Booths, and there was a very elaborate ceremony that took place during the Feast of Tabernacles where uh, the priest would go and pour, publicly pour out water and wine. And so this this water-pouring ceremony that was part of the Feast that happened every tabernacle in Jerusalem, uh, when Jesus was there during the Feast of Tabernacles, this is when he gives his discourse, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Wow, that so gives me chills, imagine, man! Like, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. If you can imagine, you know, the, uh, the Jewish Christian uh, going to tabernacles in Jerusalem and seeing the water pouring ceremony. And it's just like driving over that bridge, you know, from Cincinnati. You know, it just evokes All the lyrics come back, right?
1: Yeah, all the words of Jesus' teaching come back word for word. Uh, There are many other examples of this, but even just those two alone that you mentioned today are worth diving in. Um, The way that Jesus intentionally made his teachings memorable in ways that would not necessarily occur to us because— I've never been to a Feast of Tabernacles. I've also never been to Caesarea Philippi. So, uh, you know, entering back into those things really shows you what Jesus was doing and really kind of helps you understand the power of the Incarnation that Jesus took on flesh and used created things to to the senses to tell these stories and make these connections. Uh, But if our listeners want to get a copy of your book, The Gospel Truth, uh, which is, again, all about the reliability of the gospel accounts of Jesus, how do they do so?
24: Yep, just go to stpaulcenter.com. That's the St. Paul Center, and uh, you can pick up a copy there.
1: All right, great stuff, Gary Machuda. Hands-on apologetics also linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right, back after this, it's a quarter till.
0: Supporters from TBN, weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at route60.movie, that's route60.movie. Are you looking for peace, longing for joy?
1: It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee.
2: And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase.
1: While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student, all available in our online store.
2: Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com.
17: This is Bernadette Poguski, Executive Director of WCCR Cleveland, AM 1260 The Rock. Why do we need Catholic Radio? To reach the hearts, minds, and souls of those who are searching for deeper meaning and don't know where to turn. To bring clarity to a world full of lies and confusion. And to share the good news of joy and mercy with a world so desperate for the truth.
0: The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio. Now more than ever.
6: This is Dr. David Anders. Is God an angry God? We answer questions like these every day on Call to Communion today at 2 p.m.
3: Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: Anna Mitchell, I heard Bernadette from AM 1260, The Rock in Cleveland yeah. on that break. Mm-hmm. we got to be careful about what we say from here on out because oh, we're playing the grounds we this weekend. Bengals-Browns this weekend. Bernadette, please don't take anything we say in, in the next 48 hours personally. But it's on. But it's on.
2: But we love you, Bernadette.
1: But we love you, AM 1260 The <laughs> Rock. 12 till here's Anna with headlines.
2: Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying the rosary for Ukraine. During his general audience yesterday he reflected on his visit to Mongolia saying it did him good to visit the heart of Asia. And Mexico's Supreme Court has issued a ruling decriminalizing abortion nationwide.
1: News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday, the 7th of September. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father John Gavin. He's author of Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer, and we've been going through the catechism with him and looking at all the various places where the fathers of the church are quoted through the course of it. Father, good morning. Good morning. So today we get to talk about Pope St. Leo the Great, Uh, which part of the Catechism are we in as we look at this particular
25: reflection from uh, St. Leo? So we're now looking at the section that treats uh, the Church, and in particular, this section's looking at uh, the people of God and uh, the characteristics of the people of God, and particularly the uh, offices of priestly, priest, prophet, and king, and the ways that the uh, people of God of the church participate in those offices
1: well the language to
25: articulate
1: that in this particular passage from saint leo is pretty strong language i mean it's kind of yeah. stirring i mean this is like locker room speech go out and get him kind of language
25: absolutely and it's it's helpful to put that quote into the full context it, it comes from the what in our numbering the fourth sermon of leo the great And uh, he was elected to the papacy on September 29th, 440. And we have a series of homilies or sermons that he gave on the anniversary of that date. So it's kind of a Thanksgiving sermon and a recollection sermon. Uh, So this one comes from September 29th, 444. And the regular themes in these, they're called the Elevation Sermons, is Elevation to the Papacy. The regular themes that he hits on are, first of all, uh, the papacy as service. Uh, It's on the virtue of humility, uh, so it's not his own uh, uh, grandeur, uh, but rather at the service of the Church. Uh, He always puts forward the model of Peter. Also, he speaks much about how, even though he has this distinct charism and authority within the Church, uh, nonetheless, uh, all of the baptized faithful share in this same dignity in Christ. So in the sermon, uh, he says at one point, although the Church of God as a whole has a hierarchical structure so that the completeness of the body consists in the diversity of members, We are nevertheless, as the Apostle says, one in Christ. So this this locker room speech that I think you rightly uh, liken it to, it's it's on this occasion, but he's also calling the faithful to be with him as the Bishop of Rome, as the Pope, uh, in bringing the Gospel to the world.
1: I mean, the stuff that he has to say in this passage, and again, you're looking around paragraph 786, uh, Hmm. I mean, this is... You know, so many of us have done the sign of the cross kind of as a formality or without thinking, but he says, The sign of the cross makes kings of all those reborn in Christ, right? And the Mm -hmm. anointing of the Holy Spirit consecrates them as priests. He goes on to say, What indeed is as royal for a soul as to govern the body in obedience to God? And what is as priestly as to dedicate a pure conscience to the Lord and offer the spotless offerings of devotion on the altar of the heart? Uh, I mean... I don't know about you. I don't do a very good job of thinking about that kind of thing every time I make the sign of the cross.
25: Right, right, and no, and I think that's uh, that's the power of Leo's preaching. I mean, we we hear much about these the office of priest, prophet, and king, and, and certainly we have distinct charisms in the church uh, for these. Obviously, the priesthood. But uh, what he's calling us to is to reflect on the ways in which we all share in that, uh, which, of course, are all exemplified in our Lord, uh, Jesus Christ. So, yes, it's, uh, when we make the sign of the cross, uh, he says it's, you know, like it's, it's an anointing to these offices, right? Uh, because as Christians, I mean, uh, not only are we the followers of Christ, but we have been anointed to, uh, to share in that life that he gives us.
1: Well, and I love too the the way that Christ turns everything upside down, uh, right? And mm-hmm. this is what happens in the, uh, I mean, this is what happens in the it, throughout, throughout the course of the Gospels. Uh, it's what the the passage in the Catechism that this quote is embedded in refers to the idea of uh, a royal office of Christ, and for the Christian to reign is to serve Him, right? Mm-hmm. To be a king right. in this sense is to be a servant. I mean Jesus kind of turns the whole thing inside out on us. Uh you know, this is not to go and command an army. Uh it is mm-hmm. rather to take the leadership in figuring out how to serve others. I mean, these are these are st- strong strong things that uh, every Christian is called to and that are modeled by the Lord himself.
25: Exactly. And in fact, uh next Sunday we will get the next part of the gospel reading. Of course, Peter is expecting the christ to be some kind of you know royal figure leading into battle uh conquering of territories in that manner but of course our lord rebukes him for that that's that's a temptation that is not to be uh the understanding of who he is as the messiah and so the same he demonstrates to us especially washing his disciples feet uh what kind of king he is that he has come to give his life So that we might have life in him. That is uh, the true royalty to share in that life that he has won for us in the resurrection.
1: You know, what's funny is that liturgically speaking, we hear those conversations about a week apart, but in the gospel narrative, you hear them about two
25: sentences apart. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yes. And I think uh, Pope Leo likes to go to that passage, uh, not only because it speaks of the authority of Peter, but Also, uh, because of the humility that's demonstrated, of course, Peter sees that. Wait a minute, there are limits to this authority. In the end, I am, as all Christians are, subject to Christ, and what He has uh, taught us, what He has handed on to us. And so Leo turns to that again. Again, what kind of kingship are we to share in?
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm reminded of the power in that title uh, given to. The successor of Saint Peter, right? The servant of the servants of God. Uh, you know what a yes. what a loaded,
25: a loaded title, to be sure. Uh, but based on this very principle, yes, exactly. Uh, and that, that again, we can see it in Peter himself, of course, right? Uh, I mean, we can take some consolation in seeing the ways in which sometimes he could be quite the hothead, or even the betrayal of our Lord, but yet reconciled in humility to Him. Uh, and to be the shepherd of the sheep. And so, yes, always serving and always conscious of his full dependence upon Christ in that love and that mercy. Uh, it's something that we all uh, can turn to again and again.
1: Well, thanks so much, Father John Gavin. His book, Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer, linked at sunrise com. Anna Mitchell, got a big Friday show tomorrow. Hope people can be along. We'll talk to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo and Father Jonathan Duncan. Get a preview of the Sunday Mass readings. Ken Craycraft along as well. Bobby Schindler and others. You ready for a good Friday to close out a short and weird week? No, Annie. She's already on. She's already out there somewhere. She's probably refilling her coffee. Getting ready for the next newscast in our local hour coming up just after this. But we'll talk to our EWTN family tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
9: The Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Dr. Matthew Menard will discuss the newest edition of the Confessions of St. Augustine. Dr. Jennifer Roback morris will share ways to protect your children in public schools this year. I'll talk about who Jesus Christ is for Catholics, with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon, beginning at four on Sacred Heart
20: Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King.
22: Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org.
0: That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of
6: faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy mass together soon. Contact us at cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's cincinnati at Legatus.org.
22: Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products. And big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com.
9: Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for
0: more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital
9: education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more
6: at Combonimissionaries.org. This is Deacon Mike Erb with St. Ignatius
0: of Loyola Parish in Mumford Heights. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.
1: We continue on this Thursday, the 7th of September, by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, make us know your ways. For those who have been disappointed by their loved ones, fill them with hope in you. For those who seek the truth, guide them to the fullness of faith in you. For the aging, keep them always in your love. God, our Father, you sent your only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be our way, our truth, and our life. At this morning hour, we lift our hearts to you in prayer and ask that you guide us through this day according to your will, through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A better way to start a Thursday, the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And uh, as we've mentioned a few times before, some of you have been gone for the summer. Now that we're after Labor Day and you're back into your routines, don't forget to add a regular monthly gift to Sacred Heart Radio, even if it's just like 5 or $10. Uh, it's super helpful to us as we head through this school year together to have those regular um, as Ryan Lopez would call them persevering gifts uh, to help us know how to budget going into this school year. I'm Matt Sway. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman has sports. We'll talk to Danielle Bean about sending kids off to school for the first time. Some of you have got little ones, and this is this is a, uh, a bit of a, of a scary time. And Danielle's got some tips. She sent eight different kids off to school for the first time. Then Father Boniface Hicks is going to be along with more thoughts on personal prayer. Marian prayer, the theme today and Father Thomas Berg along at the end of the hour to discuss restoring faith in the church. So, stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins
3: reports. Insisting that there is a need for more prayer for conversion and an end to the conflict in Ukraine, Pope Francis expressed his desire that during the month of October, especially in Marian shrines, the rosary will be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in Ukraine. The appeal came during a meeting with the bishops of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church who are holding their annual synod in Rome at the beginning of the nearly two-hour encounter the pope was greeted by major archbishop sviatoslav shevchuk who recalled the painful situation in which his country finds itself with an increasing number of dead wounded and tortured people and who thanked the pope for the affection shown in so many ways and on so many occasions A statement from the Holy See Press Office noted that following the greetings from Major Archbishop Shevchuk, several of the assembled bishops shared with the Pope their stories of the suffering that the Ukrainian people are experiencing in different places and in different ways. The Holy Father listened attentively to their testimony and with some brief interventions expressed his feelings of closeness and participation in the tragedy that the Ukrainians are experiencing with a dimension of martyrdom that is not spoken about enough subjected to cruelty and criminality he also spoke about his sorrow for the sense of helplessness experienced in the face of war which he ascribed to the devil who desires to destroy pope francis turned his thoughts especially to the ukrainian children he has met they look at you and have forgotten their smile he said adding that this is one of the fruits of war to take the smiles away from children Finally, Pope Francis recalled the example of Jesus during the Passion, who did not remain a victim of insults, torture, and crucifixion, but bore witness to the courage to speak the truth, to be close to the people so that they would not be discouraged. This is not easy, the Pope said, but this is holiness, and people want to be saints and teachers of this way that Jesus taught us. I'm Devin Watkins.
2: Pope Francis has said, I've been to the heart of Asia, and it's done me good. He was speaking during his general audience yesterday, reflecting on his trip to Mongolia last weekend. The Holy Father said it was good for me to meet the Mongolian people who cherish their roots and traditions, respect their elders and live in harmony with the environment. They are a people who peer into the sky and feel the breath of creation. Mexico is decriminalizing abortion nationwide. The country's Supreme Court issued the ruling yesterday saying in the ruling that the penalization of abortion is, quote, unconstitutional since it violates the human rights of women, end quote. Laws on abortion were previously left on a state-by-state basis, with 12 of the country's 32 states already voting to decriminalize it. New projections show Hurricane Lee could make it all all the way to the East Coast.
4: Mark Mayfield reports. The hurricane formed over the Atlantic Ocean on Tuesday and is expected to strengthen into a Category 4 storm by Saturday with wind speeds of up to 150 miles per hour. A European forecast model predicts the storm will stay out at sea and not make direct landfall with the U.S. However, the American model shows Lee hitting the edge of Cape Cod and heading up into Canadian waters. Hurricane Lee could strengthen into a Category 5 storm as temperatures in the Atlantic are warmer than usual. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: And the Ohio State Highway Patrol is moving to SUVs for use as cruisers. The Highway Patrol has decided on Dodge Durangos as replacements for the now discontinued Dodge Charger sports car. Sergeant Tyler Ross says 250 of the vehicles have been purchased so far. Officials say the SUVs will be rolled out gradually across the state over the next several years as existing cars are retired so there you have it 806 now on the sunrise morning show and sports on sacred heart radio is brought to you by dr robert berger and beacon orthopedics and sports medicine find them online at beaconortho.com. here's paul Lockman.
20: all right reds drop their uh, series finale to the mariners eight to four uh from great american ballpark things uh Didn't look good early. Will Benson, though, uh, he had a good day. Three for four home run for Cincinnati. Dropped to uh, 73 and 69. Reds still in third place in the NL Central and uh, trailed the Brewers by five and a half games for first place. Reds will take an off day today. We'll enjoy the off day. Reds will host the Cardinals starting tomorrow. That means the Reds can sit down and watch some uh, football. Week one of the NFL season. Finally here. I don't know why it says finally here. It, it kind of feels like it uh, crept up on us. I don't know about you, Anna. But, uh, yeah. um,
2: I have not been paying attention, well, admittedly.
20: Well, uh, the defending Super Bowl champion, world champion, Kansas City Chiefs will uh, defend their title tonight against the Detroit Lions, the upstart Detroit Lions. Has Bill Levitt
2: ever critiqued your impersonation of him? No. I would really love to know his opinion.
20: Yeah, well, I definitely have heard him uh, critique my, uh, whenever I've had to read a spot here or there. Obviously, you haven't haven't heard my voice much on Sacred Heart Radio, but uh, yes, he does critique me there. And of course, he says that I sound like. I'd love
2: to know what he thinks about how you Well, he He he
20: thinks I sound like Yogi Bear, as you may have heard. Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. You, you got know, a pretty good Yogi does. Bear oh,
2: impersonation, Paul. Well, I yeah, guess boo-boo.
20: I guess that's what uh, Bill Levitt. Uh, he he knows what he hears. This guy's <laughs> he's got a professional uh, way about him. <laughs> Anywho, before uh, I, I uh, before his ears start burning, and I he know,
2: yeah, he's gonna come. Here. He's gonna come storming in you and demand the microphone. But one of these days, maybe tomorrow. That's always a fun. That's a Friday I think, thing so to do. Allow sure. him.
20: A little Mike. Some mic air time. time. Yeah. Some
2: live air time.
20: We'll see. We shall see. Let's get to traffic now. Traffic and service of Rose Automotive pre owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Hopefully, you got good news. Anna. No,
2: dude. I got quite Bummer. a few problems to report. Two of them on 275, the inner loop, and this one that I'm looking at currently, right lane blocked, eastbound 275 at Mossteller and the backup behind it is back toward Winton Road. Uh then as you head further along 275 in that direction and you start heading south on the inner loop, the right two lanes are blocked at Ward's Corner and so you've got a backup back toward Loveland Madeira right now. You're also slowing in the opposite direction in that area from State Route 28 up towards 71. Southbound seventy one, you're on the brakes from Field Zertle to the Norwood lateral. Southbound seventy five is slowing from Cincinnati Dayton Road, off and on, through the Lachlan Split. Northbound seventy one seventy five is slowing from like the Florence Mall up to the cut in the hill. Inner loop of two seventy five, uh, heading toward the airport, you're slowing from Taylor Mill over to the seventy one seventy five interchange because the entrance ramp to south. To, um, southbound seventy one seventy five at 275 is um, blocked with a disabled vehicle and then at northbound 471 you are slowing from 275 up to the river but Dayton great job you are all green on my traffic map now for weather partly to mostly cloudy today in Cincinnati with some isolated afternoon showers possible and a high of 79 degrees partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 62 it'll be partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 78 for the Miami Valley Dayton area mostly cloudy with a spotty shower possible and high of 77 evening shower tonight but otherwise mostly cloudy with an overnight low near 60 partly cloudy tomorrow slight chance of a shower and a high of 75 degrees. Today is Thursday, September the 7th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Danielle Bean back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Connect with her, invite her to speak, or lead a retreat through daniellebean.com. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodcatholic.com. Join the community at girlfriendscommunity.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. And that's (laughs) that time of year when moms and dads are sending their kids off to school, and some of them for the first time ever. I mean, by first time though, do I mean sending off college freshmen, or am I talking about (laughs) preschoolers? What do you think is more emotionally charged?
17: Oh, you know what? They all are. I've realized, you know, I think definitely the sending off to college or your kid going, you know, joining the military or those big life moves are more emotionally challenging. But as I've gone through those as a parent myself, I've realized the entire time I've been parenting these kids has been a series of letting go, saying goodbye. Those tiny little bittersweet moments where your child's making a first new next move toward independence They're wonderful, and we celebrate them, and yet at the same time, they stab us in the heart a little bit, don't they?
2: Letting go. I think I remember reading a book with that title.
17: (laughs) Yeah, so my book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, which is published through Ave Maria Press, I, I wrote it a few years back when I was just reflecting on this stage of life that I'm in right now with my family and with kids going off to college, getting married, those other kinds of things, and realizing that that was really the mantra that I found myself turning to a time and again that I was really being called to do exactly that at every stage of this process was giving thanks and letting go. And there really are so many applications of that one simple phrase in all the different parts of life, but family life in particular.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, preschool and college, I mean, two very different stages of life, but at the same time as I was, I was thinking. I mean, I've never sent a kid off to college, but I've been sent off to college. Um, right. There are a lot of similarities in terms of being a parent and allowing your child to grow in independence.
17: Right. Isn't that just, Isn't that fascinating to think about? Like yeah. they're just allowing your child to grow up and move on in some way. Like that's that's a difficult, painful process for us as a parent, and yet. You know, you just mentioned, like, the, the, whether you're sending your kid off to school for the first time or they're they're going away to college or these different ways that we're letting go, it truly is a joyful moment as well. Like, bittersweet really is the, the experience that we have in those moments.
2: So, that said, I mean, a preschooler is going to come home every day and need you <laughs> for almost everything from, you know, the middle of the day on again. Um so what special advice do you have, Danielle, for, for parents who are sending their kids off to college for the first time? Yeah, I,
17: the number one thing I encourage parents to do is just give yourself grace. Give yourself time and space to fully experience what you're going through. It can be a very busy time. I noticed this myself with several of my kids. If you're preparing to take them to school, maybe you're making a trip with them, getting their dorm set up and all of these things. And that can be very distracting because you've got a lot going on, but make sure that you're giving yourself the time to process what you're experiencing. That doesn't mean wallowing in negative emotions, but truly being honest about you know, what might be challenging for you in experiencing this, what might be hard for you. Give yourself that kind of grace. And that might mean building in some margins in your life, maybe freeing up a little bit more time on your calendar during this, this process, where it really is a grieving process in, in some ways. It's a, really a letting go that can be very painful for parents, but I always encourage people to fully experience it, process it, be honest, talk through your feelings with somebody, journal if you enjoy doing that kind of thing, but fully understand what you are going through. And, you know, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the feeling that you find the healing, right? I think that's yeah. a helpful phrase to remember. So allow yourself to feel those emotions and don't stuff them down or try to distract yourself.
2: Well, should you call your kid or should you wait for the kid to call you? <laughs>
17: Well, I think there's a a time limit on how long you wait, right? Okay, sure. (laughs) But but for sure, give them a little bit of space, too, because they're going through something as well. I find that texting is something that I've really come to rely on with my big kids as they've gone off. Uh, because it's a little less intrusive, and it's, it's easy for them to, you know, send you to a ghost quick reply. To you. Oh. Sometimes that's all we need—a little check-in, like you're still alive, you're doing all right. And they're busy living their lives, so maybe they're not going to have a time for an hour-long phone call with mom. But those those times come too, and they really are a special blessing.
2: I thought you were going to say it allows your kid to ignore you, to ghost you, to you know,
17: speak, <laughs> no, live no, their no. own lives. Oh, okay. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. <laughs> we need some basic communication, but also making sure that you are giving them space as well, which I know can be a very challenging
2: thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, how do you pray for your kids in these seminal moments, whether it be preschool or or sending them off to college?
17: Yeah, well, first of all, just make sure you are, right? Like so, so many times we feel helpless in these moments and like, oh, my parenting is done. My kid doesn't need me anymore. Oh, no, they definitely need you. And I know myself as having experienced the blessing of a praying mom in my life. I count on my mom as a prayer warrior in my life. And we are called to be that to our kids. So even if you're not right there, you know, making them breakfast in the morning and helping them pick out what to wear and holding their hand on the way to class. You can be there present spiritually. You can be encouraging them. Pray to their guardian angels especially, I think, is a powerful way to connect with your child through prayer.
2: How about praying for yourself in these moments, Danielle? Is that okay?
17: (laughs) Of course, yes. Pray for the grace and strength to be a good mother in these moments, to be a good parent, to be the person that God wants you to be. And then ultimately, I encourage people, when you're in a stage of change like this, bring these words to prayer. What next? what now ask god what he's calling you to do next because i promise you he has a plan for your life right now it's not all over he has people in your life for you to love and serve and he's going to show you what your next stage is
2: we've been talking to danielle bean you can listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodCatholic.com. and uh she mentioned her book which i've always gotten the name wrong it's called (laughs) giving thanks and letting go danielle do you remember what i always called it I think it was like giving up and
17: giving letting go. Giving up and letting go. <laughs> That's a different book, but maybe you want to write that one. Oh, my
2: gosh. I could totally write that book. Giving up and letting go. <laughs> Just gives you an indication of the stage of motherhood that I am currently in. And uh, I love that I've had Danielle Bean to help get me through it all. You can find her linked at sunrise morningshow.com. And I really mean that, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always a joy to talk with you. Likewise. All right, it's 18 past. We got traffic and weather coming up next.
9: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith. And Dr. Matthew Menard will discuss the newest edition of the Confessions of St. Augustine. Dr. Jennifer Robat Morris will share ways to protect your children in public schools this year. I'll talk about who Jesus Christ is for Catholics, plus frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio.
20: the road to the King. Driving home
9: the Support for Sacred Art Radio
7: is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the Tri-State since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape making the world more beautiful one yard at a time 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com
0: Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road. 513-574-3100 on the web at bridgetownfinermeats.com.
10: Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join others for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at Jesuitspiritualcenter.com, Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's Jesuitspiritualcenter.com, Jesuitspiritualcenter.com.
0: Admirable St. Rose, thou wert truly a sweet flower blooming on a rugged soil, Bearing with meekness and patience the stings of envious tongues. Obtain for me the grace to bear afflictions with patience, and to be faithful to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit so that I may be ever pleasing and acceptable in the sight of my dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For Sacred Heart Radio, this is Father Mark Watkins, Pastor of St. Lawrence.
2: Twenty-one minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at Larkincobb.com. Still got these two accidents on the inner loop of 275 toward the top of the loop. Uh, Eastbound 275 at Mosteller. The right lane is blocked and you are backed up towards 747 right now. And then as you head further down that area in that direction, I should say, right two lanes blocked on southbound 275 at Ward's Corner, which has you backed up almost to 71 now. Slowing in the other direction on northbound 275 between State Route 28 and Loveland-Madeira. Southbound 71 on the brakes from Kings Island down toward the Norwood Lateral. Southbound 75 still off and on heavy and slow from Union Center Boulevard through the Lachlan Split. Now toward the bottom of the 275 loop, an accident on the entrance ramp to Turkey Foot from westbound 275. And uh, I bring that up because you are slowing from Taylor Mill all the way over to the 71 interchange, 7175 interchange, northbound 7175, slowing from Turfway up to the cut in the hill, northbound 471, still slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. There's a lot of traffic. <laughs> Partly cloudy to mostly cloudy in Cincinnati today with some isolated afternoon showers possible and a high of 79. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 62. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 78. Nice cool down. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a spotty shower possible today and a high of 77. An evening shower possible, but otherwise mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 60. Partly cloudy tomorrow, slight chance of a shower and a high of 75 degrees. Father Boniface Hicks joins us next. It's 23 past.
0: Subscribe. subscribe, subscribe. Yes, by clicking the red subscribe button at sacredheartradio.com, you'll get an email with our show notes with the list of guests you'll hear that day on the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. You'll also get the links to books, articles, and websites we've discussed and the full podcast with markers to find and hear the interview again. So to know when your favorite guests are on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe.
7: Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust.
0: Support is from Solidarity HealthShare.
8: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
9: Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688.
1: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg. Featuring beautiful custom rosaries and thoughtful Christ-centered gifts for weddings, priestly ordinations, and any occasion. 937-530-8026. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio. Offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks. He, along with Father Thomas Ackland, wrote a book called uh, "Personal Prayer: A Guide to Receiving the Father's Love." Today we talk about Mary. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt.
26: Great to be with
1: you. So this is a tricky one, and uh, I could just default to, and maybe you could default to, too, the fact that we didn't grow up Catholic, and. The Marian prayer thing can be a little weird for us, but I want to zero in on Catholics who've been praying Marian prayers their whole life, but aren't sure necessarily exactly what they're doing, especially when they're doing them in a repetitious prayer like the rosary. So what? first of all, why is it that we're involving Mary in our prayer in the first place?
26: Yeah, I I think a a nice Catholic intuition, and it's certainly the, the wisdom of God, is is more relationships is better. I, a lot of times there's a, there's a kind of complaint or an excuse or something like, well, why can't I just go directly to God or directly to Jesus? Well, it's like, well, why have any relationships at all? I mean, why are we having a conversation about this? Why are you even asking me? Why don't you just go directly to Jesus? Uh, obviously, we're, we're mediating God to each other all the time. None of us came to know him except through somebody else, and in fact, through a lot of somebody else's not only in the words that were exchanged but in the very experience of love being raised by uh, parents who took care of us and being looked after by other people who are really sharing god's love with us ultimately we sometimes think of it that way more than others it's more explicit but uh, in any event we're more relationships is always better and so uh, also in terms of the communion of saints just because people have died doesn't mean that we're suddenly the relationship is, is gone, it's changed, not ended. And so uh, what relationships would we have that would help us to grow closer to God and, and really closer to each other? Well, the mother of God is, uh, is a really important one. And, and Mary actually sits in a place uh, of a, a very central place, being herself the type and figure of the church uh, and she's really the face of the church, we could say, and, and she's so closely united with Jesus because he chose her as his own mother and loved her more than all of us do. And so loving her uh, really makes a difference. And, and one of the ways to love her then is to come back to your uh, question, your point is uh, through the rosary or through some other Marian devotions, to put some words to it, to uh, how, we, how we can love her and know
11: her.
1: You know, I can't help but think as we, you know, here at the beginning of September celebrate the feast of Mother Teresa and how Mother Teresa, one of her favorite prayers was John Henry Newman's fragrance prayer, uh, which I use from time to time here on the show. And uh, at the end of that prayer, uh, John Henry Newman writes, let me praise you the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching, not by my words, but by my example, by the catching force of of the sympathetic influence of what I do. The evident fullness of the love my heart bears to you. In many ways, like, that sentiment is perfectly captured in Mary. So when you meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, you are... I mean, essentially, Mary is preaching to us without preaching. It's it's kind of like asking her to sort of show you, like, to kind of give you a window into these moments of her relationship. I mean, it's not like you're learning... Like an apologetics argument for Mary, it's it's more like experiencing that that relationship, and I think that's something that we can get because we do that with our with our family members. Well, we don't we don't know this relative of ours personally who passed on, but we know people who did know him. Like, give us a sense of who they were. You know, I mean, there is a sense that you get that in the rosary.
26: Yeah, that's that's really beautiful, I, and not even just in an informational. Uh, sense like we might about a relative who died but uh, w- we also see the love actually forms us love uh, transforms us and so the way that mary herself is formed to know her is to know jesus we 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 come to know somebody who would choose this person as a mother who would love this person in this way we we come to know uh, jesus just through the the very way that Mary has been formed by, by his love for her and the way that, that she also loves him. And then certainly explicitly, with it uh, John Paul II's theme, after dedicating the third millennium to uh, contemplating the face of Christ, he then very quickly had a year of the rosary in which we contemplated the, the, the face of Christ through Mary. We looked at his face through her eyes and saw his mysteries through her eyes and contemplated them through her heart. So it really brings us more deeply into all of the beautiful truths the mysteries of our faith.
1: Well, there are probably lots and lots of Catholics who've prayed more rosaries than it is humanly possible to count. Uh, and they do have a love for the Blessed Mother, but they sometimes perhaps have trouble sort of making that sort of mental or spiritual transition when they're praying these decades— to where they can really sort of enter into that relationship with that mystery. Maybe they're too focused on keeping count, <laughs> right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you're a uh, professional prayer for a living, uh, I think that's in your job description. I mean, do you have any mm-hmm. maybe advice for people who are sort of stuck in that mode or get stuck in that mode from time to time?
26: Yeah, and I, I, as you also do, Matt, I, of course, value the just praying the rosary. Every, everything doesn't have to be so heady. Exactly. And there's a, yeah. <laughs> a lot of value in just, you know, being present, saying the prayers, and, and it forms us uh, so that at the end of our lives, maybe the only thing left in us is the Hail Mary. Great, that's fine, <laughs> as we're in a, in a hospital bed or something else. But, um, but yeah, just being, I think just being mindful of it and maybe even thinking of it in those terms uh, as we're meditating, obviously focusing our attention on the mystery can be really helpful Probably one simple suggestion, announce the mystery, you know, mentally even, and then leave 10 seconds, 15 seconds to think about it. Um, Or an additional suggestion, have a, a picture of that mystery to look at, and look at it. Don't just plow into the next Our Father, but look at it for 10 or 15 seconds. It doesn't take too much to just interrupt the rosary to add a little bit more awareness, a little bit more intentionality to it.
1: Well, thanks so much, Father Boniface Hicks. You can find his book, Personal Prayer, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 32 Past, here's Anna with news.
2: Good morning. Pope Francis has called for the month of October to be dedicated to praying for Ukraine. Vatican News reports the Pope joined the synod of the hierarchy of the ukrainian greek catholic church yesterday where the bishops told him about the suffering of their flocks and asked for more prayer the holy father said there is a need for more prayer for conversion and an end to the conflict and expressed his desire that during the month of october especially in Marian shrines the rosary be dedicated to peace and reconciliation in ukraine During his general audience yesterday, the Pope reflected on his visit to Mongolia last weekend. The Holy Father said it did him good to visit the heart of Asia. He began his address asking why the Pope would go to a nation with such a tiny flock and answered saying, because it is precisely there, far from the spotlight, that we often find the signs of the presence of God who does not look at appearances, but at the heart. He also offered his prayers for those who died recently in a tragic fire in Johannesburg, South Africa. Thaddeus Jones
12: reports. The Pope said, with
13: deep sorrow, I learned of that fire that broke out in a five-story building in the city center of Johannesburg, South Africa, in which more than 70 people died, including several children. The Pope invited all those following, in presence and online, to join him in praying for the victims. He said to the family members, I express my condolences and I send a special blessing for them and for those who are working to provide assistance and support. At least 73 people died and 43 were injured in the fire in a five-story building in the city's financial district on the 31st of August. The fire broke out around 1.30 a.m. The city authorities did not clarify what the possible causes might have been. According to eyewitnesses, the fire started when the power was out. One witness recounted that the fire started during a power outage and that there was a loud gunshot-like noise followed by a loud explosion. Some of the survivors described how they jumped out of windows but only after tossing their children to others below. The rundown compound was among numerous properties seized by organized crime and property syndicates who subsequently and unlawfully leased the premises to individuals unable to afford alternative accommodations. And often lacking dependable facilities or proper sanitation, these places present dire living conditions. There are 57 complexes that have been hijacked in the inner city of Johannesburg there where up to 2,000 people can live in a single complex. In the aftermath of the latest deadly blaze, people are wondering how such a thing could have happened. I'm Thaddeus Jones.
2: Mexico is decriminalizing abortion for the entire nation. The country's Supreme Court issued the ruling yesterday saying the penalization of abortion is, quote, unconstitutional since it violates the human rights of women, end quote. Laws on abortion were previously left to a state-by-state decision with Twelve of the country's 32 states already voting to decriminalize it. The judge hearing the case accusing former President Donald Trump and 18 others of conspiring to overturn Georgia's 2020 presidential election will not sever the cases of two co-defendants. Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee yesterday denied motions by attorneys Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell to sever their cases From each other but the judge was skeptical of the district attorney's plan to begin a trial for all 19 defendants beginning next month and an effort is underway to get an American who's been trapped inside a cave in southern Turkey for several days rescuers received a call Saturday saying Mark Dickey was suffering gastrointestinal bleeding and needed help He's said to be inside the cave at a campsite around 3,400 feet from the entrance while Dickey's condition is stabilizing, he'll need a stretcher to be removed. Officials are calling the effort one of the largest cave rescues in the world. Dickey had been helping to lead an international expedition in the cave.
20: Whoa. You won't be finding me near any caves.
2: Not even Mammoth Cave.
20: Nothing where there's crawl... I mean, yeah, not even Creepy Mammoth crawlies, Cave. None of it. None, none of, of it. it. None of it. I don't get the thrill that... Uh those do when they know. climb it's, rocks or what? Yeah. What's the other? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't. I actually, I can't. I I struggle to relate with Doctor Jim Schrader when he talks about running the marathons. And, oh, I
2: know. Yeah, people oh. that get like these thrills from.
20: Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's credit where credits due. They yeah. get to experience something that uh, most uh, most of us never even want to experience.
2: <laughs> we don't even know.
20: Can't even begin to fathom fathom it yes exactly perfect
2: 8 37 now on the sunrise morning show and sports on sacred heart radio brought to you by dr robert berger and beacon orthopedics and sports medicine
20: other things i don't like to talk about reds losing but uh hey i gotta do it reds lost yesterday eight to four final score to the seattle mariners uh reds will try to pick up a win tomorrow as uh they're off today cincinnati hosting the st louis cardinals the last placed st louis cardinals all right let's get the football week one of the nfl season finally here defending super bowl champion kansas city chiefs defending their title as they take on the uh, detroit lions tonight at arrowhead stadium how about uh the sunday cleveland browns hosting our cincinnati Bengals should be a good matchup other uh, fun key matchups have the packers at soldier field Sunday Night Football has the Cowboys squaring off against the Giants. And Monday Night Football will see Aaron Rodgers in a different green, New York Jet green, as he battles Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That's a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
1: The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from.
2: And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, son we earn a commission on whatever you buy.
1: You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your
0: kid in our online store.
2: Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at SunriseMorningShow.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700.
1: Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com.
0: Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Married couples, this fall we invite you to set aside time to grow in holiness. Join us for a weekend marriage retreat
24: to pray, receive the sacraments, and grow in relationship with your spouse through intentional time spent together. Special guests Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett will guide you to more clearly see, embrace, and live out Christ's plan for your marriage. Held at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio, October 20th through the 22nd.
0: Register at afc.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from JC Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591.
7: For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284. Or donate online at runforthepoor.org.
9: O Jesus, divine Savior, from whose heart comes forth this bitter complaint, I looked for one that would comfort me, and I found none. Graciously accept the feeble consolation we offer you and aid us so powerfully by your grace that we may, for the time to come, shun more and more all that can displease you and prove ourselves in everything your most faithful and devoted servants. Amen
2: it's 18 till back with us now on the sunrise morning show is Father Thomas Berg he is author of a couple of books from our Sunday visitor choosing forgiveness and hurting in the church father welcome back to the show
19: good morning great to be with you Annie
2: it is great to have you back and we're going to be talking today about the need to restore trust in the church and When I say trust in the church, many people probably assume that I mean, like, we want people to trust the church, and we do. But what about restoring trust inside the church? I mean, how are people going to trust the church as the body of Christ if the body of Christ is made up of people suspicious of each other?
19: Yeah, that is a, a great question, and I, I wonder how many, you know, Catholics are kind of thinking about this, because I think since the, um, especially since the uh, clergy sexual abuse crisis and crisis after crisis and bad news after bad news in the newspapers, you know, the, um, I don't, I don't know that we realize how much of a trust deficit we have. Um, there was a recent um study by the, it's called the Catholic Project at Catholic University of America, which showed that, you know, broad body of, you know, Catholics have a real strong, real difficult time trusting the body of bishops as, uh, as a body of bishops. Um, I know from seminary formation, seminarians struggle to trust their uh, priests who are in charge of their formation. Um, Parishioners struggle to trust their pastors. Priests don't trust their brother priests sometimes. And, you know, it's like everybody's Suspect. Uh, the Pope is suspect, the bishop is suspect, the priest is suspect. Um you know, so right right on down. You're you're even suspect. Oh so, gosh. Um,
2: yeah, know, from it, the emails uh, that I get from the the only emails <laughs> I ever get from listeners are ones who are suspicious of me. Yeah. Absolutely.
19: <laughs> so no and I just I, I I think we need to realize what what's going on here. Um it's understandable, right? We've um there certainly have been the ingredients for cynicism and negativity to grow, but um, I think there's some things we can do though. First of all, we got to focus on that. Um, we need to have in the church, it's always been a part of the experience and life of the church, robust mentoring relationships, and that goes from, you know uh, from abbots to religious superiors to bishops to uh, the Catholic school principal, Catholic teachers, pastors, um we part of catholic life has always involved the, the mentoring um and spiritual guidance and human formation that 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 goes on that's necessary to grow in discipleship and and that's what's really taken a hit and of course um you know trust in our bishops has certainly taken a hit in light of the scandals but so we need to realize this and we need to want to do something about it i think we need to want to you know restore trust. So I think we, you know, we start by just taking a look at ourselves. um, And what are my attitudes? You know, just think about the parish, how much kind of cynicism, negativity, um, suspicion uh, uh, can there be at times, even with regard to different parish groups? I mean, obviously, given um, the unfortunate um, tensions that You know, kind of build within the church that have built within the church, especially in the United States, along liturgical lines, theological lines. um, If if our kind of default attitude is one of of suspicion, and if we're not working towards somehow regaining and rebuilding some kind of trust and building relationships and growing back toward unity, um, then I think we're you know we've got a big problem here.
2: Yeah, I mean. I think part of this is and and this is something that that we strive to to form in our listeners and in ourselves on the Sunrise Morning Show is is developing a catholic worldview on all things and I think that a, a lot of times there's some kind of breakdown in the understanding of what the catholic perspective is either in politics or in, on theological issues where you can have healthy disagreements and still be within the umbrella of the church. I mean, there's a lot here that um, we need to, I guess, I guess my question for you, father is, you know, we have our our initial reactions to things and to people and the way that people act. But how do we then, after that initial reaction, step back and really take stock of, of what's actually happening?
19: Yeah, that's a, a great question. I, I think we have to realize that we're always constantly telling ourself, ourselves a story, a narrative about what's going on with us and what's going on with others. And when someone new pops, you know, the new priest at the parish or the new bishop or the new teacher at the school or the the new principal, when someone new pops into that story, well, we begin continuing the narration around that person. And we always have to ask ourselves a very healthy question. What am I telling myself about this person? And when what I'm telling myself about the person is not based on ideally one-to-one Person to person knowledge experience—that's where things can go really wrong. To the extent possible, it's not—it's not always possible, but to the extent possible, we need to—we need to really re-emphasize relation. We need to know each other. I need to know that principle if I'm able to. I need to know to get to know Father if I can. Um, I need to know his story. I'd like him to know my story. You know, to the extent that we can do that, that that can displace a lot of the misinformation, um, first impressions we all know, I think most of us, how wrong we should never uh, always be very skeptical of our first impressions of others. I know mm-hmm. I have to do that. Yeah. Um, and we can weed out the lies and the hearsay uh, to the extent that we can really engage in personal relationships. First of all that I think, what story am I telling myself do I have this right? Um, am I willing to give this person the benefit of the doubt? Am I willing to actually, if, if possible, actually get to know this person? Yeah. Right. Um, that's I think that's so vitally important for us.
2: Well, what if you've actually been, I mean, you've written a book called Hurting in the Church. You've written a book called Choosing Forgiveness. What if you've actually been hurt? in a situation and that has formed your suspicion of of whoever within the church like how do you start to work toward restoring trust when you've been uh, hurt
19: yeah the <clears throat> great question and and that it's totally understandable i mean when when we get hurt you know we've, we form big calluses and we can also yeah we we question um, but again, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. We are re- those kind of vital relationships that we want to have, that we need to have. They require trust, so it's going to it's going to always involve a risk. And the solution there um, to a lot a lot of times in healing from hurts is to return to vulnerability. Right? It was it was a vulnerability that initially opened us up. To be wounded, that's actually what vulnerability comes from, the Latin word vulnus, which means uh, wound. So Mm. vulnerability means woundability, right? Wow. Um, But it's really in in returning to that and then hopefully with God's grace having a positive experience of of trust. I, I trust this person and guess what? This person not only doesn't hurt me, this person helps me to heal. Right, we have to have hearts open to each other to help want to help each other heal. Um, we need to be broadcasting to others, and this is everybody priests laity, bishops um, I want you to trust me and i want to I want to give you reasons to trust me right um and yeah and we we've got to we've got to dial down the the negativity the skepticism um and 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 just be be aware of these things internally because i think a lot of the blockage here it's it's internal stuff within us that we need to overcome
2: and can you talk about the importance of prayer in this you know there was um i'm I'm thinking back to a relationship a terrible relationship i had with a fellow student in college that i that i worked with at the the radio station i worked at in college and it got so bad that I was I mean it was it was making my entire my entire life toxic how much I could not stand her and I actually took it to confession it was the first I I fell away from confession all through college and uh, it was the first time I went to co- to confession during college my senior year in, in, in college and the priest told me uh for my penance that i had to pray for her and i couldn't believe that by the end of that quarter the relationship improved so much father and i don't think it's because she changed i think it's because i changed because of that prayer
19: oh absolutely i mean i think i think there's something very true to that adage that um uh, in so many words, if you want someone to change, well, you got to start changing yourself. And mm-hmm. um, certainly, there is such a thing as as toxic relationships. The, the solution to which is genuinely kind of a you know separation or a, a distancing. But uh, you had that beautiful experience of actually praying for someone, which involved empathy. Which probably I I, I wonder. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of times, what happens is when we. We look at this uh, difficult relationship and this difficult person in our lives. When we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and we offer the Holy Spirit our empathy, um, our magnanimity, our ability to maybe put our, ask the, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to put us in this person's shoes, um, that can be very powerful and that can lead us to really release um, a lot of the um, grievances, the, the, um, you know the the negativity that we might have toward this person uh, that can be ex- extremely freeing. So yeah, we can't we can't, we can't forget, and you know, kind of going back to what we were saying before, the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to break through um, that distrust that we you know that we can experience in a relationship with others and in the church.
2: And let's just say that for whatever reason, like the mistrust is justified, you know. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's look at something that's an easy target these days in the church, the German bishops and, and their synodal way and, and these these ideas that um, that that seem to be very prevalent in, in Germany that that would very obviously be changing the church's moral teaching. Easy target for those of us who who are are very faithful to the church's moral teachings Um so, so we have this genuine mistrust of, of, say, the German bishops. But how do we, well, should we do a lot of negative, critical talking about it on, like, say, I don't know, Twitter, um, where, where all the world can see what our thoughts are? Or should we be, you know, a little more reticent to, to express those sentiments out loud? Where, where do you well, fall on that spectrum?
19: Yeah, well, I, I, always, I always hope when we, when we open Twitter and we're, we're ready to comment on something that we've also opened up charity and we, wow. we've, clicked, we've, we've clicked our, our charity on. And, and But no, I mean, I, I find myself needing to, first of all, remember that my trust is first and foremost not placed so much in persons as in the Holy Spirit. And I do believe even in as complex and problematic situations as you just were describing in in Germany, even in those problematic situations, the Holy Spirit does work and can work and he can take possession of that and and, and work in his church. Um, So I think that's, you know, where ultimately our, our, our trust has to be anchored in in him. So obviously we have we have genuinely negative situations, we have genuinely negative situations in the church, uh problematic priests. Wouldn't be um, the first
2: time in the church history, like, huh?
19: Absolutely. That <laughs> always keep that historical perspective too.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We got to think in centuries sometimes, not in uh, you know, hours or days or weeks or months. Um, we've got a long view of history where we see the Holy Spirit operating in his church. Absolutely. We've been talking to Father Thomas Berg, and you can find his books, Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Find him through our Sunday visitor. Father Thomas, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you very much for your
19: thoughts this Always morning. Always great being with you, Annie. Have a great day.
2: You do the same. Thank you very much. All right. That'll do it for this Thursday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow on the Blessed Mother's birthday. Until then, for Matt Swam and Paul Lockman, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
7: Jesus said... Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my Father in Heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hi. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm
10: agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends
1: are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
16: What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives.
14: More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass.
16: More information is at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com.
7: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
0: is from TBN. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. Host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo take a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. Experience the land of the Bible as you've never seen it. In theaters September 18th and 19th, Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at route60.movie. That's route60.movie.
7: For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org.
11: This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio.
0: 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.